I'm Chris. Hey, I'm Brandon. And this is Fill the Box. Uh, thanks for joining us again for episode three. We had a blast last week with Jonathan Moore, and we're very excited for what we have in store today. Um, we were planning on setting a topic for the day, but we decided that today's guest wouldn't be able to stick to one train of thought. So we're just going to go for it and see what happens. Uh, today's guest, he's a great friend, a lieutenant at the fire department, a member of the SISM team. Uh, this is Kramer Harbold. Yo, what's up? So I'm Kramer. Uh, I'm 31. I recently found that out due to my uh, yearly physical. <laughs> and my wife putting us in a small group at church. She's texting him like, hey, here's our age. And she said 31. Shows me the text. I'm like, baby, I'm 30. <laughs> yeah, come to find out I've been living a year behind. Ooh. Um, I'm married. Been married to my wife for a little over five years. Um, she is a saint. She is the backbone to our household. She is the heart that like pumps through my house. She's she holds it down, but she's mean. Like she's sweet, but she can be a little mean. Um, I got two kids. Um, I personally think they're a little feral. My wife does not. She thinks they're saints. Got a three year old named Kaya Ray, and uh, she looks like her mom, but has the personality of me and feel bad for the poor girl, especially if she grows a mustache. <laughs> I got a six month old. Um, that's Cal and Jane, Blaine, chicken wang, whatever we want to call her. She doesn't understand her name yet, but, uh, yes, yeah, that's, that's about it. Been a fireman a little over 12 years, uh, worked a few places. I would like to take this time to say that my thoughts and opinions do not reflect that of my employer. Um, yeah, <clears throat> that's about it. Cool. Well, we're excited to have you today. I'm sure, like I said, I, I don't think we're going to be able to stick to one topic. So, no, not at all. Uh, man. So, this podcast, as you know, we're we're really focusing on on mental health, men's mental health, not just in the fire service, just in general. So, everything that comes with that, you know, with your faith, your your mental health, your personal well being at home, at work, all that. Um. So, one of the things that we were wanting to ask you is, is in the past you worked for several different departments. Um, and just curious how that has affected you working for multiple departments, the different things you've seen there and kind of why you've ended up where you're at, mm -hmm. uh, in your life through that. Man, it's, it's pretty simple. I'm a big believer. If you're not happy, you're not going to be happy at work. You're not going to be happy at home. All that goes on. Yeah. I've worked, a few places you might get a stigma that you're moving around, but I work in a job where I got to spend a third of my life there. So I want to make sure that third of my life is fun. I'm working with the dudes or the ladies, you know, if there's some that work there. Um, cause I've worked with some women that are freaking bad ass at their job. So mm -hmm. that's the thing I want, but man, I've learned really like, especially being a new officer, like what I want to do for my crew, what I want to do for me, what I want to do to make my company be the absolute <laughs> best. And it showed me like, man, I don't want to be like that officer I worked for that, you know, sits his computer all day, doesn't lift a finger to do chores or any of that, or, you know, doesn't want to get dressed, going to calls and, oh, it's the new, you know, slow man's job. Let him right. do it. Oh, it's the driver's job to check the truck. No, nah, man, it's my job. And, uh, man, it's, it's really just helped shape me. It's made me some great friends. I mean, that's how I know both of y'all because of where mm -hmm. I work now and some of the other places I've worked, uh. I've got some dudes I could call right now and they're going to give me advice on what I need and what I don't need. Um, they're going to really just put me in a good spot. Say like th there is a mental aspect to it though. Cause 
I mean, it's just like when you were in school, you go to a new, you know, going from fifth grade to sixth grade, sixth grade to seventh, you're like, oh man, I'm going to a new school, man. It's going to be, mm-hmm. what's going to be like? Am I going to get beat up day one? And, you know, somebody <laughs> going, check out my shoes. Like, what are they going to want? So going in somewhere new, every time you're like, man, am I going to fit in with these guys? Am I going to get to get a crew? Am I going to get a bunch yeah. of slugs? Yeah. Um, you know, little things like that. So that's, that's sort of some of the things I've taken from it and. Like I said, I've met good dudes. It makes me want to be a good officer, and hopefully I am. But if not, then, hey, let me know what I can do to be better. Right. And so I think coming from different departments mentally, how does that, like, how does that drive you, right? Do you feel like it puts you on a pedestal? Does it make you feel like you shrunk down? Or, like, how does it make you feel towards, I guess, do you feel like you owe something to your guys? man, I think really like it makes me feel that I'm coming in at a disadvantage because everybody knows firemen talk. Like you could be the baddest dude there, but the second you say you're going to leave, oh man, that dude sucks. He oversleeps. He doesn't do a dang thing. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, some people may think that's the truth. Some Mm -hmm. don't. So you come in at a disadvantage. You want to make sure that when you're coming in, like that's a big mental thing for me. Mm -hmm. Like I'm a, I don't like taking compliments. That's real weird to me. Right. It's hard. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. It's very hard. Uh, so like you come in somewhere new, it's are these guys going to trust me because at seven oh one when we catch a box are they going to be like, well the guys at the last department said he couldn't pull hose and then right they're worried about it so you got to mm-hmm. let your actions speak you got to be one, you got to be a big dude definitely yeah yeah man I I think something you were talking about uh, at the beginning about as an officer you want to do what you can for your crew to be the best mm-hmm. um, which I think is great I've always admired those officers that. I mean, everybody knows there's the officers that show up and they just do whatever they want. They don't really care what's going mm-hmm. on during the day. They don't take initiative to help with stuff. They're just kind of there, you know. But I've always admired those officers who take the time to do everything with their crew and ensure that they are doing what they can to make their crew the best. Um, like with Jocko's book, Extreme Ownership, it's kind of the the flip of that, not just taking ownership of your guys' mistakes, but taking ownership of your success because that's your crew, right? Mm-hmm. That's everything they do reflects on you. It's something we've talked about. I've talked about this with Curtis, and and like I tell Dusty, it, it's my job to make you look good. Right. And if I'm doing that, then I'm doing my job, right? And if mm-hmm. I make you look bad, then I've failed somewhere and I did something wrong. Right. As an officer, I think it's kind of the same thing, right? You have a responsibility to your guys to not only make sure you're good to go, but make sure they're good to go as well. Oh, dude, 100%. Like, one thing I'm a big fan of is, once again, this goes from working for different officers, seeing things across, you know, my career. My dudes eat first. My fireman eats first. Mm -hmm. My driver eats before me. I eat after my driver. If we got a swing guy and if anything like that, like, I've worked with dudes work on other shifts, other places, and they're like, why are you not eating first? You're the lieutenant. Or why isn't the chief eating first? Yeah. Shouldn't be that way it's a servant leadership that you got to hold into it. Like Mm. if my dudes aren't fed, then they're not going to perform. I believe are like, Hey, my dude's tired. He's got a baby at home. So he hadn't slept. Dude, go get some rest. I can unload the dishwasher. I can check med bags. I can check trucks off. Yeah. That's what you need. Like one of the big things I look at being like that servant leadership style is we go on a call, like a med call. Mm. I want to be the first person through the door so I can identify a hazard that's going to affect my guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be the last one to get back in the rig. 
so I can make sure my dudes are back. Same on fire, stuff like that. Like, hey, let me take that step in, make sure that somebody's falling through the floor and breaking a leg. It's me, not you. Yeah, right. Um, Rex, we all know we run Rex that are on the interstate. Heck, even our residential roads mm-hmm. suck. Yeah. So once we clear off that wreck, hey, my fireman gets in, whoever's got the traffic get their back. It's my job to stand in front of them, make sure, hey, you're in the rig. Mm-hmm. Let them get seat belted, yeah. and then I get back in the rig. I work for officers. It's like, oh, man, I'm not even getting out of the rig. Or, oh, hey, we're clear. Get in. Let their dudes be on the interstate with their back. Next thing you know, they're getting tagged with a mirror. Yeah. I don't want that. Yeah. Mm. Well, yeah. it's funny to talk about officers and, and staying in staying in the truck. Um, not to immediately bring it down, but uh, just recently, the other day, it was the anniversary of Scott Tanksley's uh, oh. Yeah, um, LADD from mm-hmm. Dallas. Uh, I think the ten year was twenty fourteen. I think. Yeah. Um, and something that uh, was brought up with that was kind of crew integrity type of thing. Is those guys kind of walked off to check out what was going on and weren't with the rest of the crew, mm-hmm. right? So there was a little bit of a disconnect there of like, hey, what happened? Maybe if we'd all been, who knows what would have happened? You know, it, it may not have changed anything, but. Mm-hmm. That just kind of brings to light in an extreme case, the crew integrity and as an officer ensuring all the time that your crew is, A, doing what they're supposed to be doing, but that they're safe and they're taken care of. Oh, for sure. Like, yeah, you may be the, on scene, you got to be the one to make the decision, got to live with it if you do something wrong. But around the house, man, you're just one of the dudes. Like, I can clean, you know, crappers just as good as anybody else. Yeah. So that's that's how I look at it. Crappers. <laughs> I, don't, I won't say the bad word. Uh, we got the explicit rating on our podcast. Okay. You can say yeah. it cool. <laughs> Poopers. I don't yeah. think YouTube likes it, but <laughs> you know, uh, whatever. Yeah. Um, so, with being a servant leader, how does that roll over into your household, dude? I got to be a dad, man. I got to be a husband. Like, I have to do these things. Like, mm-hmm. let me phrase: I don't have to. I get to. I'm blessed to do those things. Yeah. Right. Like, being a husband is one of the coolest things in the world. Like I get to go home, talk to my best friend, maybe get some cookies or something when I get home. Like my wife's a really good baker. That's why I look like mm. the way I do. Uh, I get, to, I got two girls I get to go home to. Like I know when I get home today, my little girl's going to be getting home from school. She's going to meet me at the front door. Probably her hair in a mess. Probably her boots on. Just dad, come running out. I'm like, Hey, cool. But I'm still pulling in the driveway. Just wait a second. <laughs> Give me a second. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But I mean, that, that's the cool thing. So I got to take that home. And like I said, we got a six month old baby. Like it, it sometimes gets frustrating. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. I've got to yeah. clean the dishes after dinner, all that kind of stuff. But my wife's also the one that's getting up and feeding the baby at night, especially the night before I go to work. Like, like I said, she is the backbone to my house. I, mm-hmm. I couldn't be her. I couldn't stay. She's a stay at home mom. I couldn't be her. Yeah. That job would be terrible for me. <laughs> Like I'd, yeah, I'd be I, outside. I don't think I'd make it that long. No. Yeah. I'd be outside teaching my kids how to like sharpen sticks or something to figure out their problems. <laughs> I'd barely so, make it an afternoon. I would say <laughs> I made it an hour yesterday. So my wife <laughs> left. Uh, she was like, oh, I'm going to feed the baby. She went to go do some extensions or some shit. She was like, I'm going to feed the baby. You could just put her down. Dude, as soon as she walked, door closes. Boom. And I mean, hell breaks loose. Oh, yeah. One baby's yep. crying. The other one's like, hey, let's start throwing stuff. And I'm like, what, how do you do this for 48 oh, hours they while know. I'm gone? No, they know. <laughs> Mama rules the roost. Daddy just thinks he does. Exactly. Yeah. yeah that's that's 100%. Like, Dude. Oh, yeah. 
I come home and the kids are like, oh, I get to be feral. Dad's home. And mom just rounds the corner with that, you know, that eye. Oh, yeah. Okay, we're going to sit down. We're going to be quiet. We're going to listen. Simmers down real quick, don't they? I just had a video pop up my Tom Hop yesterday of that exact thing of Taylor leaving. It was Mm -hmm. like a couple years ago when Sarah was like two, maybe. Mm -hmm. And uh, Taylor walks out the door, immediate breakdown. Like the world is ending. (laughs) She's on the floor by the door screaming and crying. It went on for like 30 minutes. Mm. It's like. I can, there's nothing I can do. I'm not mom. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing, like tying back into that servant leadership thing is, like I said, being a dad, uh, sorry, I say it a lot. Yeah, that's, that's, that's okay. We all do. Yeah. Uh, we don't know what we're doing yet, <laughs> but like, I want to talk about being a father and like, I grew up in a family that was a, you know, my parents were divorced. I got divorced at a young age. Mm-hmm. This is no hate on my parents. I had two of the best parents in the world, but, like my mom, she's a sweetheart, you know, love to call my mom, talk to her, but she's a, she's got a mean right hook. I I met that as a kid one day. She's super, like it's scared super easy. Like walk up, be like, mom, 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 turn around, get caught right in the mouth. And it's like, she's like, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to hit you, but you knew I get scared easy. <laughs> it's your fault. Yeah. yeah. Don't worry. And then you now my dad, my dad's one of the dudes I looked up to my entire life. He was a fireman. Uh, he retired and I guess, Oh, three, but you know, he died of cancer, but it was one of those things. Like he was such a cool dude to look up to. Like he super smart, super knowledgeable, but he wasn't an affectionate guy. Right. Like, it's not like every day, Hey son, here's a hug, you know, Hey, good job. He was raised under the mindset of, Hey, you did what you're supposed to do. Continue on mm-hmm. bottle those things up, like whatever. So now I've got two little girls at home that, I don't realize my wife will point it out to me, but it's like, hey, they're three and six. You can't talk to them like they're grown men mm-hmm. telling them like, hey, don't cry. Hey, do this. Yeah. Do that. Yeah. They don't get that. So now, like as a father going into that, you know, that servant leadership style, like I have to learn that they may not be able to communicate what they want from me. So it's mm-hmm. having to learn to like serve them. Hey, let me, you know, I want you to help me do this. Let me help you. My kid will say, I want a snack. Well, what do you want? I don't know. Okay. Well, what's the snack? Go show oh, me. That's the worst. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's little, mm-hmm. little things like that. I know it doesn't sound like servant leadership, but being a dad is like, <clears throat> is the epitome, I think of servant leadership. Right. You can keep your patience with a kid. You can keep your patience, you know, usually with a engine full of firemen. Yeah. Well, it's firefighters. So well, <laughs> politically correct. Maybe. I don't know. I've been yeah, with some, some of firemen them are pretty bad. that are, whoo. Yeah. Well, like you said, I mean, having the, the patience and figuring out as a dad, how to address those needs of your child in a way that suits them and their personality. Right. Because yeah. so I learned, so my wife coaches high school softball and mm-hmm. volleyball, right? So she's dealing with high school girls all day, every day. Bless and her. when she first started doing that, she would come home and be like, Oh, I had this problem with this kid and she's doing this and that. And every time I'd be like, do you make them run? Yeah. Did you yell at him? Did you do this? And it pretty quickly I caught on that she was like, that doesn't work with 16 year old girls. Right. Like, you, you got to connect with them and like get mm-hmm. all personal and mm-hmm. figure them out. And I was like, that's not how I experienced uh, discipline in Dude. high school. So, <laughs> I didn't, as a kid, like, I'd get in trouble. I know that's hard to believe. <laughs> but I'd get in trouble, like, middle of the, you know, my brothers are in there talking. We we're all in one room, bunk beds. Mom be like, all right, get up, go run. We'd run back and forth from the fence <laughs> to the barn. 
You know, I was a fat kid. I'm still kind of fat. Like my nickname growing up as a kid was Spammy because my mom says I was made a little bit of fat. <laughs> so I'd be out there running. My brother's all skinny and lean, all done. And I'm like, <gasps> sucking wind. I was like, y'all want to fight anymore? No, ma'am. All done. Or when that didn't work, there was one day she made us, we had to tie, you know, had a rag on our wrists and tie them together. And we had to spend the whole day with oh, that yeah. brother. And it's like, man, Whoa. this sucks. Like, I don't want to do this no more. Yeah. That's gnarly. Yeah. So now- Bring some of those things I, that happened to me as a kid. Like, I'm like, I don't want, you know, I want to do that to my kids sometimes, but I'm not really going to do that. Right. And I appreciate my parents doing that to me because it shows me like, hey, things suck, but yeah. it can always be worse. <laughs> Could be tied to your brother. Yeah. yeah. Well, and like I thought, I, I wanted to be a dad like my whole life. Like, mm-hmm. I was super excited to be a dad. Now that I am a dad, I've had to learn that, especially at the age of four, you can't discipline them like they're a teenager. Right, uh-huh. so like you can't just yell at them, uh-huh. and they understand. Oh, like there's discipline coming. If I yell at my daughter, she's just gonna cry, uh-huh. and we don't get anywhere. Like nope. I don't yell at my daughter, but if I say her full name in that tone, uh-huh. it's just it doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. Up an octave, she yeah. knows she's in trouble, and she just starts crying. I'm uh-huh. I'm not the I can discipline in my house, but my daughter is way more terrified of my wife than me. <laughs> The other day, my kid was had so much energy. I'm like, hey, you know what a burpee is? Let me show you. <laughs> so I made her start doing burpees. She goes to school the next day, and she's telling her teacher, like, yeah, I got in trouble. My dad made me do these things. <laughs> I'm like, don't go to school and say that. You're going to think I'm, like, beating you or something. Just making my you do dad some made push-ups. me do an e-mom at home yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm not a CrossFitter. I don't know what that is. I yeah. just know what burpees are, and they suck. Yeah. Oh, boy. So, uh, man, your brother's. Yeah, Man. yeah. I got some, I got some characters in my family. I got an older yeah. brother. Uh, he was a marine, and uh, now he lives down south. Just kind of like up in one day, was like, "Hey, I'm gonna go move to South Texas and working like oil and gas stuff." And said, "Cool, see ya." And I got two twin little brothers. They're, I mean, they think they're smart. They're really not. They're definitely <clears throat> smarter. One's. You know, one's going to school to be a doctor. He's in med there school right is. now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There then it is. The other one owns a aviation business and a charter business for planes. I'm like, here I am, dude. That was like 59 out of 61 in his graduating class, just thriving and loving. <laughs> 59 out of 61. Oh, I don't know if that's true. I was in that 10 percent somewhere, bottom nice. 10, but still 10. <laughs> they don't give scholarships for that one. There's only like six in that 10 percent. So yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um. So. You said your dad didn't show much affection. So growing up with brothers, how did that affect you guys? I mean, I know you said your mom had to tie your hands together, but like, is there, is there something that you can see? Like, Hey, did that make y'all closer as men or did it like, I don't, I wouldn't say it really swayed one way or the other. I mean, mm-hmm. my dad's dad was a, you know, Vietnam pilot, awesome dude. He's in a movie with Chuck Norris. Oh, okay. Yes. Nice. Um, so he, you know, he was kind of his own person. And then my dad's stepdad was kind of the same way. Like, so that's what my dad saw. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they don't show emotion. It's not a thing. Like, I think we're in the new era where it's allowed to be okay to show emotion. Just, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm not saying I'm an over emotional guy. You can ask a lot of people. A lot of people think I have like a, I guess the male version of resting bitch face or, you know, I'm kind of an ass, but I'm just blunt. And that's just how yeah. I was raised. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to get the, Hey, it's okay that you made a 68 on your spelling test. It's like, Hey, you know, the standard is a B here. 
you're not making bees, so you're going to get the punishment kind of yeah. thing. So yeah. I would say like it definitely brought us closer because I'm in trouble. One of the twins is in trouble. My older brother's in trouble. Sometimes you're hoping like, man, I hope they're in more trouble than me because when dad gets to me, it ain't going to be that bad. But right. He's going to yell at him and I'm going to be like, but dad, look, I made a 72. He made a 70. <laughs> like I'm still a doctor kind of, but not really. A street doc. Yeah, yeah. street doc. Not a good one. Um, so with that, uh, do you feel like as a dad, are you, it's hard because you have girls. And so I've been trying to explain this to all my guys that have like, Hey, you got boys. You don't understand. But as a girl dad, do you see yourself being more emotionally available to them? I think so. Like definitely making kids or having kids. <laughs> making me, I'm going to say making me a dad. But definitely like having kids. I'd say in some aspects, it's aspects. It's made me softer and charming. Like, right. Oh soft. yeah. Soft. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. They, they will do that to you. You know, they come in and it's like, Hey, I want you to hold me. I, you know, I'm tired. Yeah, sure. I'll pick you up. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm going to set you back down. <laughs> but it's definitely affected that. And like, I'm also trying to teach them that they can kind of be, well, the six month old, I'm not going to teach her anything yet. But the, yeah, Kaya, my oldest, like, I'm going to teach her, like, hey, you can be independent. Like, you can be tough. Like, mm-hmm. all these things are cool. Like, she'll cry over something that's, you know, super minute in my eyes. But to her, that ruins her day. Right. Yeah. She spills a little chocolate milk. I'm like, oh, you just spilled chocolate milk. But her, like, man, that was the nectar of the gods right there I just lost. And yeah. His dad makes the best chocolate milk, and now I don't get any more because I spilt it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's that's definitely like seeing some of the things that my parents did and my wife like helped me open my eyes to it. Like I don't want to do that to my kids. Like I said, not right. knocking my parents. My parents were the best people ever. Mm-hmm. But I also want to make sure that, I mean, my girls know that I'm here for them and I come from a family of all boys. Mm-hmm. My wife was the first girl born in her family in over like 80 years. Like her parents didn't think it was a girl <laughs> until she got here and realized it was a girl. Jeez. So asking her dad, who comes from a family of all boys, like mm-hmm. he's helped me a lot too. Like he's really helped me grow and I married into a good family. I got awesome in-laws. So some people don't like them, but I can ask him like, what do I need to do? Like, how'd you handle this? And sometimes just like, yep, you just <laughs> continue on. Yep. But you talk about crying for apparently no reason. Uh, the other day, Sarah, <laughs> like get dinner and we're sitting at home and mm-hmm. she takes one bite and just breaks down crying, just loses it out of nowhere. And we're like, man, maybe she just doesn't like it. I don't know. We're like, do you not like it? She just won't talk. Just full on like panic attack crying. Mm-hmm. Goes over to mom, sits with mom for probably 15 minutes, just crying, won't say anything. And at this point, I'm getting annoyed. Like, I'm trying to withhold, like, telling her to stop crying because right. I try not to do that. Mm-hmm. But at this point, I'm like, okay, come on. Like, it's like 15 minutes of crying. Get it over with. Figure yourself out. And so the whole time, we're like, what's wrong? Like, why are you crying? Why are you upset? Use your words. Calm down. And finally, she takes deep breaths and she's just. So I preface this with my mom, my brother live in england they were here for christmas oh yeah you're one of them yeah tea in the harbor you like your tea in the harbor i got <laughs> yep, you one of those yeah that's where um, so they were here for christmas spent a lot of time with her they've been gone for like a month now uh she sees my in-laws all the time but my sister lives in fort worth so they're we don't see them very often anyway she like takes a deep breath and she just goes i'm i just miss my family and then just starts crying again yeah. and i was like oh Ooh, I don't yeah. know uh, how to handle that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're we're gonna yeah. refer that to the mom. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go That's outside. Tough. I think the 
dogs are having <laughs> bar mitzvah out back. Better go check on them. <laughs> yeah, we're going for that to mom. Like, Dude, that's like I said, tough. I can't brag on my wife enough. Like, she speaks kidneys, whatever you want to call it. Like, yeah, she babysits. She helps uh, teach like a preschool, mm-hmm. some too. And so Kyle be saying something. She's like, oh, I'm like, I don't know what that means. And I'm also hard of hearing, like super hard of hearing. Yeah. You can ask my driver, my fireman, anybody. If I look at you and go, huh? It's not because I'm being rude. because I can't hear you. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, she... She understands what's going on. She's be like, hey, Kramer, here's what she wants from you. Mm-hmm. She wants you to cut her sandwich into a triangle and then yeah. cut it into quarters from there, not cut it into quarters to begin with. Mm. So I think it's so funny how dads and husbands, like especially us firemen, like we basically live the same life with our families because we had the exact same conversation with Jonathan last week. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. About how his wife just understands oh, yeah. the it's kids. The, it's, that, it's that mama mentality. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think for us, it's because they do it such an extended period of time Mm -hmm. alone, right? Like even Jonathan, right? 24, 48, like there's 24 hours where he's just like, they don't, they have to figure it out. They don't have a, he's gone. Yeah. Yeah. But definitely like Kaya knows that when she's with me, she knows the limits of what she can push Mm -hmm. and she rides that line real Mm -hmm. fine. Yeah, like if I go into a gas station, I'm walking out with a Paw Patrol juice in my hand because she asked oh, for yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Every oh, time yeah. we go get donuts, oh, that's yeah. the other thing is is that I learned having a daughter is when I when Taylor was pregnant, uh, I was like, man, I'm gonna be a great dad, but like I'm gonna be a tough dad. Like I'm able to say no and not feel bad about it, and that's not the case. Uh, I can say no for a certain amount of time, but it doesn't take long. It has to be something drastic, like right. Hey, Dad, I want to smoke some weed. Nah, we're no. probably not doing that today. Yeah. No, that. definitely like going back. I come from a family of all boys, so I'm mm-hmm. like, dude, I'm gonna have a boy, like 100. Mm-hmm. percent My wife calls me. She's like, guess you know, open up the results early. Guess we're having. I was like, a boy, duh. She's like, oh. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean, oh? She's like, uh, we're not having a boy. We're having a girl. And I was like, that's a good joke. Like we're getting close to like, yeah, it's a good joke. It's not April, but what? Yeah, cool. Sure enough, you know, we have a girl all the way through. Like, I'll admit it. A lot of guys won't. I was like, man, I really want a boy. Mm-hmm. All that. But, dude, I have that little girl. And now, like, it, she is, she's meaner than some of the boys in her class. She's meaner mm-hmm. than some men I know. Like, she'll stand her ground. She is firm in what she feels. If she doesn't like it, she's going to tell you. Yeah. And, like I said, she's got great family to help raise her, so. It's made her very tough. And then the youngest one, she's just in straight Limp biscuit mode, just rolling everywhere. She doesn't know what's going on half the time. She's just happy she gets to eat. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Something that I've been curious about is is we mentioned you being part of the SISM team. Uh, and so I'm curious. You, you've been a part of getting that going and getting that started. I'm curious what that experience has been like through some of the classes and work through that. And then how or if it has changed your perspective at home or at work. Yeah, so uh, when we had this idea, I was like, we really don't have anything. I I guess I'll preface this. So back in 2018, I was involved in a light of duty death and didn't really know what to do after. Um, It's kind of a touchy deal, but if anybody knows the Andy Lawler, Lawler story, then you understand what I'm talking about. If you don't, look it up, read the report. It's definitely like, something that hits close to home for me, but was involved in that after 
everything happened. I got left at the hospital for a few hours in Alpine, Texas. And some DPS dudes showed up, threw me in the back of a Tahoe and just took me off. Didn't say a word. Got to uh, Fort Davis and they just put me in a hotel room. Nothing. Just sat there, sat there. Rest of my team's up on a mountain. We don't know what's going on. Finally found out that Andy had passed and just didn't have an outlet. So it's like me wanting to be the big, tough, macho guy. Like, hey, I'm going to tuck that in so when these dudes see me, it's not going to affect them because now we've got a 10-hour drive home. You know, I can't be crying the whole way home. Like, that's just not going to work. Uh, So got back to Weatherford, had a very emotional couple days between that and getting back and funeral, all that. I mean, I'm not a guy to talk about my emotions, but I think that's probably the second or third time I can remember as an adult actually crying. And my wife's like, is he, are you broken? Like, what's wrong with you? Mm-hmm. I'm like, ah, it's okay. Just I think there's some pollen out there or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, being the tough macho man thing. And so never really had anywhere to kind of go with that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, it's this, this whole like mental health talk about things is very new in the fire service and nothing against the old heads in there, but you know, majority of them might be like, Oh, you got feelings, suck it up, boy. Just tuck them in your tummy and keep sure. going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I, that's what I did for years and, uh, running some more back calls, all that kind of stuff. We all work in the fire service, mm-hmm. uh, working in an area that's kind of restless. That definitely puts a strain on you. Mm-hmm. Sure. You see some of the, you know, worst things out there compared to guys that work where they've got a lot of commercial and maybe a nursing home or seven they run to every shift. I wouldn't know anything about that. Yeah, you wouldn't. I bet. I'll get my fill of it tomorrow when I'm working. But like just realizing that that's a thing. We don't have an avenue. I've always been a believer in like, hey, man, you run a bad car. Are you okay? You want to talk about it? Mm -hmm. And that's the extent of what I knew. Like, hey, vent to me. Mm -hmm. And then. I didn't know what to do after that. Like, okay, hey, yeah, you know, your call sucked. I'm glad you got it off your chest. Call me if you want to get a beer, like have anything. Well, then started talking to uh, an officer I really look up to, and I'm going to name drop him, Trey Dole. Dude is like baddest of the bad, like one of the best Christian men, like someone I strive to be as a father, like an officer, all that. Oh, yeah. Got talking with him, and I was like, man, we really need this. It's like, yeah, you're right. And luckily we had a guy from Fort Worth fire department that retired that came on and was part of the SISM and peer support team. And mm-hmm. we took the idea to him and took it to our admin. Our admin's like, Oh yeah, brother, let, let's get this going. So went through some classes on it. It's definitely like a different experience than what you'd think. It's not the, Hey man, sorry, you ran a bad call. Here's a beer deal with it. Like, no learning, like how to judge somebody, not judge, but gauge somebody on, do they need immediate help? They can need help in a week. Mm-hmm. We need to have a therapist here now. Like right. all that kind of stuff. So learning that. And that's just a big deal that kind of st- stood out to me. And we set through a class like psychological body armor was one of our classes, like things that can help you like work out, like recommended to guys. Hey, yeah, you had a really crappy shift. Just go lift something heavy for like 30 minutes. See if that tucks your frustration out. Don't take sure. it home mm-hmm. or Hey, you know, the wife's been on you for the last few days. Go lift something heavy. Go read a book. Go run. Right. Uh, get that into work. And now it's like, okay, cool. Like, this is really starting to help this dude. Or, hey, you don't you don't have a faith you follow. I'm not going to push my faith on you. But I know, like, when I have problems, I can, you know, 
go to church. Going to church makes me feel better. You know, praying makes me feel better. Mm-hmm. All that kind of stuff. And the big thing that really came out of it was uh, the therapy aspect of it. So I've, I've never been a guy to talk about my feelings, not a guy to be empathetic mm-hmm. yeah. on things. But after going to this class, they were like, hey, you know, if people really need help, you should have like a mental health professional that can help them, a therapist, something like that. I was like, yeah, that sounds cool and all for them. Didn't think anything of it. We got to the guy that's running our team and he's like, hey, you got to have somebody in your pocket to help you. So I'm going to, I'm going to go try therapy. I mean, I don't think I have things wrong with me. You know, my wife and other people might say otherwise, Yeah, but like, you don't have to be some big, tough, macho dude. Like go get the help. Like I want, I'm, I've been looking into EMDR and I wish I could tell you what that it's like. Eye motion, depolarization, like. It's something where it helps like bring up the memories that are bothering you. It brings them out to like mm-hmm. kind of help discuss them, make them where they're not as like they don't mess with you that much. Right. So looking into stuff like that, just literally having somebody you can talk to that isn't going to judge you. It's not going to be like, Hey man, all right. Ran eight calls after midnight last night and I was pissed off every single time. Mm-hmm. You know, say that some people are going to be like, well, this guy sucks at his job. Why are we paying him? <laughs> mm-hmm. I can go talk to this guy. And he's like, yeah. Tell me more about it. Like, why did this call suck? Oh, it's because you ran this call six years ago and it bothered you. You ran this two weeks ago. It bothered you. Yeah. So this is my spiel. If you go to therapy, if you're a fireman, go to therapy. If you're a cop, go to therapy. You ride an ambulance, get your fire cert, get off the ambulance, then go to therapy. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We got, I work with some good medics that ride an ambulance. I'd put up against anybody. So that's, that's definitely like something that, I want it like into the home life. If, if I'm not 100% when I get home because I'm running bad calls or have all this stuff built up, I'm going to take that home and it's going to take away from me being a husband, mm-hmm. giving a hundred percent to my wife so that she knows that I love her and all that. It's going to take away from the kids. Like if I'm at home and I'm grumpy and just, I don't want to do anything. No, that's not how it should be. Like I should be there for these kids. I should sure be happy when I'm home, be happy and like loving, be full of that love and emotion that they deserve. Right because I'm gone for two days or three days or four days, or I get deployed for something. I could be gone for 21 days. Mm-hmm. It's hard on them girls. So I want to, I want to make sure when I'm home that I'm, I'm giving them the love. And I think this, the therapy stuff is really going to help me with being a good dad, being a good father, being a good, you know, guy at work. And like yeah. how it's changed my perspective at work is not everybody gets the luxuries you have. Like I said, I work in a place that, I would say the median salary is not very high right? Sure. for the people that live in my district, but man, to them, that's the best they got. Mm-hmm. Like having to really look up and see like, okay, Hey, this guy's house is a dump, but to him, it makes him happy. So that's, that's definitely a perspective that's changed for me at work because not everybody has bad in them. They may come from bad, but that doesn't mean they have bad in them. Sure. Right. And I want to be the guy to see through mm-hmm. the bad to make sure that person's getting what they want. Right. Man, I, I was talking about some of this stuff uh, yesterday at work with some of the guys, and this question came up that I guess I hadn't really considered because w- we see the extremes, right? Like somebody who, when you're dealing with mental health issues or past trauma, you see the extremes, like when it gets to the point that they're having a breakdown or they're deep into addiction or they're wh- whatever the problem ends up being. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of the time you don't see it. You don't see it in yourself, right? And so one of the questions that came up yesterday was how do you know when you're dealing with 
mental health issues like when when do you know and and how do you know that you have issues going on if you're not feeling it right Right. there was a question that i don't really have a great answer for i don't so no if you guys have an answer for it but so for me um i think i said this last time uh i'm a very happy-go-lucky guy and so when i start feeling like you can almost for me i can feel my anger like it's like a physical like i need like i'm like angry ready to punch someone so i started to feel myself one getting angry and then two it was coming on faster and faster with shorter like interims right like so i'd be angry get happy you know mellow out and then be angry again and it was little things right like said this last time but b shift they heard that dog killing (laughs) me i was like yo you are you killing me smalls like and then i realized i was like it's not them it's me they're sure. just they're tired they ran a tough shift whatever two That's calls just the trigger that yeah that was the trigger and so when you start to see yourself do things lash out uh gambling you and i both gamble uh a little a little but what <laughs> so what happened was i took a couple hundred bucks and i was like i'm gonna let it ride yeah and it was on like it was terrible it was like on figure skating like and i was like oh that's a destructive behavior yeah that's not me wanting to be gambled that's not me falling to my vices that's a destructive behavior because i'm not doing great yeah and yeah. so so i man. think my thought is is who knows you the best me okay who knows you the second best my wife who's always right well <laughs> you, can you say got me you almost <laughs> got me my wife my wife for sure who knows you the best i do Okay, who knows you the second best? My wife. All right, who's always right? My wife is always. Man, right. I trust my wife to like tell me like when I'm being a jackass. She's like, hey, yeah, you're being a jackass. Like you've got to fix something. And uh, so that, I mean, I've I've definitely done some stuff that she's like, hey, you're being an idiot. You need to fix things. And that's mm-hmm. kind of the big things that kind of made me really start diving into the mental health stuff. Like the SISM team, I was like, yeah, it'll be cool. But her telling me some of this other stuff, like, yeah, I should go see a therapist. Like I should. Right. I can't give people the best advice mm-hmm. if I've never experienced what I'm recommending they do. Right. That's sure. like telling somebody, hey, mm-hmm. go run 10 miles. If somebody told me that, I'd be like, you ever ran 10 miles? No, you haven't? Okay. Then we're going to settle for one mile. Right. But they said, yeah, I have. Okay. Maybe they know what they're talking about. Right. So that that's how I take it. Like, mm-hmm. Then besides your wife, your crew knows you well. I was going to say that the guys at work are oh, second to my wife know me the mm-hmm. best. And those are the guys I trust will tell me. If I'm out of line. Oh, hundred percent. Like my driver, I've got a great relationship with my driver. The other day I was doing something stupid and he walks up. He's like, Hey man, that's kind of dumb what you're doing. Like maybe you should tone that back. What do you mean? Like this is just a normal thing. He's like, no, you're here trying to play fruit ninja with a cleaver. Like maybe we shouldn't do that. Like, okay. Yeah, you're right. We shouldn't. Not here. Yeah. Yeah. Go out in the back, cut your finger off out there. (laughs) Do it after seven. Yeah. Less mess. Uh, Yeah. So, Definitely like one of those things, like you got to find the people that know you well, because mm-hmm. um, we're our own biggest critic. Like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, I can justify anything I do. Like, oh man, I'm just mad because I only slept four hours last night. Right. No, I'm mad because I got a bunch of, you know, mental health problems going on. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm just sleepy because uh, the baby was up a lot. No, I'm mad. You know, here's the problem. Like all these things are adding up. Yeah. But we're, we're men and we can find the reason that we can justify that 
on this because of that. Like, yeah, that's what we do. And then being firemen, we're problem solvers or try to be. So it's like, oh, the problem is I'm grumpy as hell when I get home. Well, it's because I had to work with some idiots today. Yeah. So that, that's how I look at it. Yeah. That's good. That's uh, it was just something that I guess I hadn't considered before. Right. Because I, I like I said, I, I mean, you always see the extremes and you hear mm-hmm. about the extremes of like, oh, this, this guy fell off the cliff and it was because of this, but kind of the little things of, of yeah. realizing like I, a couple of years ago, um, I started taking Vivance mm-hmm. and I was working with, Welcome. uh, Collins My and boy. I told him, I, he and I were pretty close at that point and I trusted him a lot. And I told him, I was like, man, I know a lot of people start taking whatever the drug is and it changes them and they don't see it in themselves. Right. Right. And I was like, so I'm going to tell you now before I start taking it, I need you to be my friend and tell me mm-hmm. if I change negatively with this. Right. So right. like six months later, he came to me and was like, I think you're, I think it's affecting you pretty negatively. And yeah. so I quit taking it. And after I quit taking it, I realized I was like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, it was not a good place. <laughs> oh, yeah. So um in Vivance, so back to like what how do you know? Vivance is one of the ones it'll cloud you, right? Like oh, yeah. so some dudes start taking tests and you like you can see it's like, oh, he's been an asshole, right? He's short tempered. Vivance is one that'll sneak up on you, right? You're like, Oh, well, I need to get this done. Get out of my way. Oh, dude, right. Mm-hmm. But 100%. realistically, you start pushing people away so you can focus on tasks. Mm-hmm. 100%. And, that's, and that's another thing. So how did I know I was messed up? I start pushing people away. Me and my wife, we didn't talk. We didn't communicate. We didn't hold hands. Like we were just like roommates living yeah. in the same house. Um, and like you said, she's my best friend. And so I was already doing that with her. And it was so easy to do that with my other best friends. All right. Yeah. So like dudes would be like, yo, B, where you been? minding my business leave me alone so that's another big thing like isolation is where you'll find yourself when you start to feel like oh hey i'm going through something mental like i'm about to have a mental breakdown or i'm having depression or i'm just having anxiety right like so that's another thing firemen we face a lot of anxiety no one talks about it like Mm -hmm. we all have a little bit of imposter syndrome like but no one talks about it yeah right so it's like, how am I know? How do I know I'm going through something? Well, are you feeling anxious or just about about doing the stuff you've been trained to do daily? Yeah, right. Like if you're a fireman, dude, you know how to deploy hose. You stress you, about it though. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Every time you're like, oh man, am I going? It's just gonna be the one this where the there's time. am I about news cameras driving by, shit? I trip yeah. over a rock, and I just <laughs> yep. Or you're training, snap your ankle, training. Yeah, right. done that. But like so. <laughs> That's yeah. a solo. You've done that yeah. for sure, yeah. Um, but that's like some of the things like you say, hey, I'm starting to feel this pressure about something I've done hundreds of times. I did yeah. it in Fire Academy thousands of times. I do it at work and training hundreds of times, right? And then you start to feel that anxiety. That is the beginnings. Like, hey, you should take a internal look and say, hey, okay, what am I internalizing that's making me do this? Yeah. Right? Because imposter syndrome, we all kind of have it in some aspect. But realistically, that's like, man, we're not to toot our own owners, but we're some of the best at our jobs. Like firemen across the board, like we all know a shit fireman, but we all know some stellar firemen. Sure. And you go, oh, man, why are they so good? Because they've trained that way, yeah, yeah, right. They have. They go to fools' meetings. They do uh, hey, hot you classes. That. If you're just 
you want to be into the job, you can be into the job, whether you go to conferences, you're part of a club or anything right. like that. Into the job guys are into the job guys. But yeah. so like these dudes that we're around right now, are some of the best in the game. Right. And that probably even goes for officers and doctors. Right. Like there are so many opportunities to better yourself in your career, but everybody's still facing a little bit of that. Like, oh, man, do I belong here? Mm -hmm. Should I be here? Have I done enough to be here? Well, right. you hear it even with guys like like Clyde Gordon and Ray McCormick and all those guys. Every time they're on a podcast or on a stage or something like that, and they're mentioned in the same sentence as like uh some other guy that they have looked up to their whole career. Right. And every time they're like, I don't deserve to be mentioned in the same sentence oh, as that guy. Right. Whereas to us, they're like the cream of the crop, right? And yeah, to them, right. they still are mm -hmm. like, I'm nothing. This goes yeah. back to like the compliment thing. Somebody pays me a compliment. They're like, Hey man, good job on that. It's like, I'm just a dude being a guy. Like, I don't, yeah. I'm here to have fun with my boys. Yeah. Like I'll say one thing that's been a huge, like impact on me, especially recently. Like I've always been a Christian man. I grew up in a Christian household, but it's like, my wife, once again, bragging on her, being the backbone, you know, being the driving force or the dragon force, depending on which way we're going to church. <laughs> but like her, like she has really stepped my faith up and that's really helped me a lot. Like mm -hmm. I, I know I'm not a perfect Christian. I cuss. I, I drink me one to about 16 beers sometimes. <laughs> like I do. That's just my thing. But like she has made it where like faith is so centered in our household. And that comes from her upbringing, like seeing mm -hmm. You know, seeing the faith in her parents' household, all that kind of stuff. And that's been huge for us. Yeah. And that's really helped our household. It's helped the girls. Mm -hmm. Like, Kaya loves going to church. She's like, oh, we're going to church today? Yeah, I'll get to see my friends. I'm like, what are your friends' names? I don't know. <laughs> I don't care. Okay. What you, like you do in church today? I don't know. Hung out with my friends, Yeah, I got Dad. a snack. Like, I got animal <laughs> crackers and an empty cup. Yeah. I'm going to put the empty cup on my mouth and walk around and go, <laughs> and wonder why I can't eat my animal crackers. Like, that's the thing. So, like, definitely, like. Marrying a lady that helped me build my faith has made my home life better. But now, like, I get to take that to my crew. Like, uh -huh. we we have a thing at my station. So if you ever come work at my station, if you say GD, that's uh -huh. 10 push-ups right there. Because like, we noticed that as a crew, we were saying it too much. My driver brought it up. Once again, my driver looking out for me. Uh -huh. He's like, you know what? Every time we say that, we're going to do 10 push-ups. We had a dude work the other day. He's had 110 push-ups. Finally, he realizes, like, man, this sucks. <laughs> Man, I learned that with you the other day. I was yeah. working with you, and I, I just, it's something that I try not to say, but I don't think about it. It just comes right. out sometimes. Yeah. And he was like, 10 push ups. And I was like, what? He goes, you said it. 10 push ups. Yeah, 10 push ups. Like, that's the thing. So, getting to transfer that over to my, you know, over to work, like knowing mm -hmm. that there's a higher power, there's, you know, if I'm having trouble, I can pray about it. I can read about it in the Bible. I can listen, you know, there's a Bible app that comes up on your mm -hmm. phone every day. Some days they're like super, super like into it. And then other days it's like, okay, that kind of relates. But, Right. Definitely like having those things have been a huge deal for me in my work. Mm -hmm. And once again, I'm not claiming to be the world's best Christian because I'm not like, I'm not, there's guys that are way better than me and it shouldn't be a competition, but I'm trying to be better so mm -hmm. that I can have a better faith in my home, have better faith at work. And hopefully that helps me build a little more compassion and stuff like that. So speaking of faith as one of the other questions I was wanting to ask, and you kind of touched on a little bit because I'm curious how being a, a, a there's a lot of there's some guys that you look at and one of the first things you think of is that he's a Christian. Like mm -hmm. Trey Doyle is one of those guys you look at and you know he's a Christian. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. You're one of those guys I look at and I know he's a Christian. Man, mm -hmm. I see that. And I'm curious how your faith has how your faith affects your job, your career, like and 
if that has changed over your career or if you've noticed a change over your career. Definitely. Like, especially more that I've, you know, dove into the faith, like dove into being a Christian has really helped me. And like I said, you, there's some people aren't going to believe they're like, I guess I, you know, he doesn't follow that because I cuss. Yeah. I'm blunt, like all that kind of stuff. But it's definitely helped me. I, one of a quote I love to say is, and we say my little brother stuff too, is from this movie, like Joe Dirte. Well, thing goes, you know, is this where we want to be when Jesus comes back? Making fun of poor little old Joe Dirt? Take that same thing and apply it to work. Like, don't want to be here, you know, mad at this person that I've run seven calls on today when Jesus comes back? No. Right. Am I, am I a little mad? Absolutely. Because I've been here seven times today. Uh-huh. But the other part of that is that's my job. Like, yeah. And the other part of me as a Christian is to see the good in people. Uh-huh. Like, for the still now, like, if I go eat somewhere, I have to look towards the door because I'm so scared somebody's going to come in and grab me or grab my family. Mm. Right. As a Christian, I just know that God's going to protect me. He's going to protect my family. He's going to protect mm-hmm. my girls. He's going to take care of us. Uh, one of those things you said really hit. So as firemen, we are, we're fixers, right? We're problem solvers. Oh, yeah. So we were, we run this call and we've been there eight, nine times. And we were like, what's wrong here? What's the problem? Cause it, takes a minute we're not the brightest you know yeah. mm-hmm. time five we could have probably started at that but you know time <laughs> 10 we were like hey something's wrong here yeah. we're still here yeah and so as problem solvers we get there and we go hey all right what's really going on like how do we dive into this and that's a big thing is like hey you see you see problems but you're like oh man i don't once again imposter syndrome i don't know if i'm the guy to fix it right yeah, yeah. oh like i'm I don't know. It's weird to me. Like I feel weird praying in front of people. Oh yeah. But mm-hmm. the other part of that is we pray before our meals. I may say the same prayer and guys that have worked with me know, like <laughs> that prayer is down to a T what I'm going to say every time before we eat, if I'm the mm-hmm. one praying, but you, like it doesn't matter. That that goes back yeah. to the, it, it gives me the comfort. It makes me feel better. Like it puts me closer to where I need to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you pray over your patients? No. And the only reason I don't is because we live in a world now that right. I don't want to, unfortunately, I don't want to offend somebody. I don't want right. to, yeah. you know, get in trouble mm-hmm. because oh, I prayed over this lady and she's not of my faith. Right. That's when, like in that schism class, they're like, hey, don't pray for people. One, because you're not a chaplain. Like you can right. pray for them on your own if you want to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But don't start praying over somebody that's a Buddhist because all you're going to do is offend them and make their day worse. And everything you've told them, they you know, you might have lost your validity with them. Right, right. So, no, I won't pray over patients. But I've, other part of that, if a patient says, "Hey, can I pray with you?" Absolutely. Yeah, I'm gonna drop what I'm doing. Let's hold some hands. Let's talk yeah, about right. this. Or when uh, I worked down at your station last, walked into HEB, like right out the gate, I was like, "Hey, I want to pray for y'all." And I was like, "Oh, hey, easy, man. <laughs> I'm just here to get some food. I got to feed these boys. They hungry." And you know, I'm sure people looking at us like, oh, that's kind of weird. Like, what are right. those guys doing? But to me, I'm like, dude, that's awesome. Like, people want to yeah. come in. They want to pray for us. They want to, you know, they're yeah. praying for me to go home to my family. Like, I'm glad I'm not the only one thinking that. Unashamed faith. Yeah. So when I said that, when I said pray over your patients, I meant like pray for your patients after the call. Yeah. Yeah. I got, Sorry. Everybody, I, I can see how that could be no, confusing. Everybody has bad days, but it's like a Christian man. You got right. to gotta look for yeah. the positive and hope their mm-hmm. day gets better. Yeah, you can't expect your garden to grow if you're over here, you know, not, you know, feeding everybody else's. Right. Yeah. So talking about guy walking up to you in HEB and just being like, hey, I want to pray for you. And it being like sudden. Right. Mm -hmm. And so 
I think that's a, a big thing as as a Christian. A lot of people struggle with. It. I struggle with it. Is the it's not like embarrassment, but like not wanting to have eyes on you or not mm-hmm. wanting to draw attention to yourself, like in public or even like in a group setting, like having that fear of praying out loud. Right? It's a struggle mm-hmm. for people, and so I think that's something as a Christian that we I need to work on is, and I have worked on is unashamedly being a Christian in front of other people. Right? Oh yeah. And so like openly praying in front of other people. Uh, like if somebody walks up to you and is like, you want to pray? Like, I don't care what's going on. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm gonna make sure the other guys on my crew are good with it. Sure. But, yeah. And yeah. I mean, that is the, unfortunately the world we live in now is that us three, we may be okay with somebody praying over us, but the lady pushing her cart is mad that, you know, we're in, you know, we're doing that in public because yeah. we're public servants. Right. Like, one thing that's really helped me open up, like I said, I'm not a perfect Christian. I'm far from it. Like, mm-hmm. here's perfect, and I'm way down here sitting at the bottom just like, what's up, man? Is this rock? Hey, I'm bottom. But, <laughs> like, I grew up going to churches that was, like, very prim and proper, like, dress up nice. Right. Since I met my wife, like, I've gone to a church where there's a dude in the front row with a mullet and, like, a camo jacket on, and I'm like, yeah, okay, if that guy can wear that, then... You know, I can be a Christian wherever. Like I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Hundred percent. Like it it's still weird to me. And I mean, this is not knocking anybody, but people that like are in church, they're dancing around. I'm like, to me, I was never brought up that way. Mm-hmm. But I look over at my wife, she's you know, she's having a great time. And I'm like, okay, cool. If it makes her happy, it makes that guy happy. And then me just sitting here humming to myself is making me happy. Mm-hmm. Man, I was yeah. raised Catholic, so we went to church and it was the exact same thing every single Sunday yeah. of stand up sit down, kneel down, stand up, kneel down, sit down, and nobody is out of line. Good core strength. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> uh, but now, like, the church we go to is is not that, uh, which I, we'll get into faith talk and faith history and all that at some point, I'm sure. But uh, I figured out when I became an adult that the Catholic Church was not something I, I aligned with. Uh-huh. Um, but, I mean, just talk about, kind of the not really the environment we're in but kind of being able to make your own choice and, and understanding that everybody has a different way of praising jesus right uh-huh. yeah i mean it, you can take it away from praising jesus like i worked with a driver his thing was it's like hey man when you shut the door any decision you make after that is on you because you're a grown adult so i get to choose how i raise you know my wife and i raise our family in christianity yeah so that's the cool thing is like as an adult like if we want to worship jesus this way we're going to worship Jesus this way. Sure. You know, we may go to church every Sunday. We may watch, you know, live stream. There's some mm-hmm. people that front on the live stream, but yeah. y'all, y'all have kids, you know, some yeah. days oh, the yeah. kids don't want to get up. Yeah. So watching it live stream and, you know, getting your blessings in then is what matters. Uh-huh. The only thing, the only uh, negative thing I have about the live stream is that one week turns into two weeks. It turns into a month. And then three months later, you're like, when was the last time I went to the church? Yeah. So that's where we're kind of at that. Yeah. Right now. We, we don't try, we don't live stream very often, but yeah. if we have to, we have to. Yeah. It's, it's nice to have. So you still feel like connected. You're, you're yeah. connected. Right. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Um, all right. So one of the other questions that we had that I, I know you're wanting to touch on, um, was again, talking back with the mental health and, and, and the workplace type of thing as, not even just as an officer, but just with your guys, right? Is what what is a good way of addressing or handling a crew member who you notice is struggling, whether it's mentally, 
or just career-wise, personal-wise. So this goes back to the the servant leadership we talked about earlier is if I trust my, like to let my guys go get a full belly before me or, uh, you know, get back in the rig before I do making sure they're safe, like asking about their family, like, Hey, how's the wife? How's the baby? You know, y'all sleep last night. What's going on? Oh, you're sick. Oh, you're having surgery. Hey, can I bring you food? Those kind of things. Like if I could do that, then I know when we get to a fire, like those dudes are going to charge, you know, charge hell with a hand bucket with me and we're going to bring it done. But the other part of that is those guys know they have a rapport with me that they can come to me and say, Hey, LT, I'm really struggling with that call. Like, I don't know what to do. Like I've, I've run that same call seven or eight times, but it's never bothered me. But today it does. Cause all I could see was my kid. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's the thing I want. I want guys to come to me, whether I'm part of the peer support team, SISM team, or, you know, they, they could work for a different department. Like at the end, I'm gonna give you my phone number. If you got a problem, call me, you sure. know, do no caller ID. I may do the millennial thing and wait till you text me and say, Hey, this is such and such, but yeah. I don't want no robo calls calling me. But like that, that's one of the things that, if I can find out that a problem's going on, then we can nip it in the bud, like right there, like, yeah. Hey, you're you're really struggling. Maybe you should go home for the day. Um, let's see if we can get you, you know, sent home for the day if we got staffing, or see if we can get somebody to come in. Hmm. Or hey, here's a phone number. Call this person, talk to them. They, you know, they dealt with the same thing. Mm-hmm. So that that's how I look at it. Like that's my way of addressing and handling it. And yeah, that's just on like the career and the you know the mental side, but. Personally, man, I just got to look in that mirror sometimes and be like, dude, you're, you're fucked up like a soup sandwich. You need to get some help. (laughs) I mean, you're right. It's, it's important to, to be able to notice that in yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's, we talked a couple episodes about a couple episodes ago about having that, that circle of guys around you, right. That you trust for us. A lot of those guys are at work. Um, And so it's kind of like the see something, say something thing mm-hmm. like if if i see that there's something wrong something off there's a problem and i don't address it mm-hmm. and i just let it go then I, i'm doing you a disservice by not bringing it up right yeah. Yeah. and it may be something that i bring up and you're like i don't want to talk about it right now and cool. okay cool i'm not going to press it right now but if it's continuing then I'm mm-hmm. just like i went back to there's people that think i'm a you know might be a dick or an ass but hey cool if you don't want to talk to me I've got plenty of other people you can talk to about yeah. this problem and maybe they can help you or today you don't want to talk to me because you don't like me, but tomorrow you may like me. So let's talk yeah. about it then. And right. like, I also believe is like, how do I say this correctly? Like nobody's spouse should ever like call, call me. But I know yeah. that if your wife called my wife or your wife called me and said, man, Chris is really messed up. I would take that to heart. Like, okay, yeah. I need to be getting to Chris's house like right now. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and that's, that's the part of, and like, you know, there's those little fire wife communities. They can talk to each other, but yeah. your wife puts a thing on there. Like Chris is really messed up because they ran this bad call. And then your fireman, what are you talking about? They didn't run any calls yesterday. According to the fireman, <laughs> it's like, Oh, Chris is lying about something like yeah. he's, he's bottling it up. Let's figure yeah. out what's going on. Yep. Man, our, our wives do it. I know my wife has told me before, like, not been like, hey, Ashton called me and said, you need to go talk to Brandon right now. But mm-hmm. she's told me before, like, hey, uh, Ashton was wondering if you've hung out with Brandon recently or something like that. Oh, uh, yeah. Like something along those lines. And it's it's one of those where it's like, oh, hey, like, I'm going to shoot him a text, see what's going yeah. on type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and even, like, 
going back to like if I bring it up to you and you're like, I don't want to talk about it. I've seen it multiple times where guys they're struggling with whatever they're struggling with and they don't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. But somebody else will bring it up to them. They don't want to talk about it. But that kind of is a trigger for them to look at themselves and be like, well, maybe something is yeah. going yeah. on. Right? Oh, for sure. We also don't want to have the over push like sure. Hey, yeah. Brandon, what's wrong? Brandon, what's wrong? Brandon, what's wrong? Brandon, like what's I do wrong? with my wife. Yeah. How many times? Hey, Cheyenne, what's wrong? Nothing. Really? Nothing. Face doesn't say nothing. Ooh. Yeah, you don't want to play that game. Like no. And I and and, and it's different with your spouse, right? Yeah. Like that's the one you're 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 yoked to. Oh, yeah. You're yeah. not yoked to the dudes at work. You feel like it, but you're not. Yeah. Like yeah. those dudes will get shipped off down south in a heartbeat yeah. and run four hundred calls at a net in a day. Look, listen, I understand that you don't want to push guys. So how so as a SISM team guy, how do you say, Hey, look, listen, we need to talk about this. I know you don't want to talk about it right now, but how do you get them to come back to it? It's just like anything. Like it's a follow up. Mm-hmm. So, hey, Brandon, you don't want to talk about it today? Cool. You have my phone number. Next tour, I'm a hey. I'm gonna see you at training. Hey, dude, you, you feeling better? Anything bothering you? All right. No, we're good. Or I always give people like I haven't had a lot of interaction with these because it's new. But like before this, I'd tell people, hey, you don't want to talk to me. Like find you somebody you can talk to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it could be like, I ask you, hey, what's wrong? You don't like me. Cool. But you know, here's a list that, and your station, or, you know, you can ask who's on the team. Mm-hmm. And cool. I really like this guy because we get along. Like he's, he's real big into being a, I don't know, a little sissy boy, paints toenails, whatever. But hey, they get along. They're great. Cool. Do your right. thing. Whereas, like, I have friends that if they call me, like, we, we click, we get it, and I can tell when something's wrong with him. I just by almost standing there like a text message, like, "Hey, what's wrong? Oh, this bullshit happened to work." Blah blah blah. Okay, cool. Talk to me about it. Like that's mm-hmm. that's how I look at it. Yeah. They don't want to talk. Then follow up with them. Make like make the push. Just like right. And like the best way to say this. Did your wife say yes going out with you the first time? Oh, or did a you long have to, time ago? Did you have to talk to her? Like get to know her, figure out what's going on. You had to follow up. Like you know what I mean. <laughs> It's the same thing. I mean, I'm not dating these dudes at work, but like, like, do I do I need to push that up to them? Like, th- that's how I look at it. Like, right. you're trying to win this. Like, you're wanting this person to be vulnerable with you. But the other part is, they have to know I can be vulnerable with them. Right. And what we talk about is between us. It's it's not between me, Chris, Brandon. It's me, you, and the fence posts. Anything in between there, we better figure out where it came from. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ed, and and. This is a men's podcast, so do you feel like men have a harder time, not necessarily opening up, but following up and getting to that point? I've, yes and no. Right. Like, think about it in your house. Like, how many times you tell your wife, oh, man, I'll do that project next week? Yeah. Every I think day. I think we've been in our house like three years. My wife's still waiting on one project to get done from day one. Yeah. Ask me because we don't have a doggy door in my house. <laughs> I'm like, oh, baby, I'll get that next week. Like, yeah. right. No, like, yeah. that's the thing. But we're also go to work. I don't like doing projects around the house. I'm not that handy. You need it broken. I'm the dude, but right. you give me a screwdriver, I'm going to somehow figure out how to drive a nail with it kind of thing. <laughs> but go to work, like, hey, man, I'm a fall. Dude, how was your fire? Like, I love fire. I like mm-hmm. good yeah. stuff. So it's, Right. Like, hey, I'm going to follow up with you on that. So if I know your emotions is what's bothering you mm-hmm. or a bad call, like, yeah, I'm going to follow it up with you. Like, I want you to be the best because my grandma lives in the district where I work. So when the crew come tomorrow, you know, 
comes on and they've had a bad call, I want to know they're going to go to my mamu's house and they're going to be ready to, you know, ready to go. Right. Well, and I think one of the things that goes with that is, is outside of just being like on the SISM team or somebody that people see as somebody they can go talk to is just as an officer of a crew, why it is so important to have that rapport with your crew, not just for fireground, um, like trust and stuff like that, but to have that rapport with your crew to where they know they can talk to you is because as an officer, if it gets to a point where it's starting to affect their job, mm. then you have, you have to step in and do something, whether yeah. they like it or not. Yeah, it, right? doesn't, right. it doesn't affect me going, you know, just them going home. It affects me, my driver, yeah. the next dude crew, like it affects all them. And yeah, you don't, you don't want it to time. get to a point where you have to pull the, Hey man, now I'm your officer and I have to, I have to intervene and do right. something. I want it to be, a friend conversation yeah. before that to where we can resolve it. Yeah. Right. And that goes back to having a good rapport with your yeah. crew. Once again, working for good officers taught me what I want to be to my guys Yeah, and taught like working for bad officers taught me like, okay, mm-hmm. I don't want to be that to my guys. Like I want to make sure that my guys trust me. They like me. Like I know their kid's name, you know, I know their wife's names, all that kind of stuff. Like, yeah, I'm never going to say like, Hey, I need your wife's phone number unless like, Hey, you broke your leg and somebody's got to call her. Mm-hmm. I'll call her from your phone kind of thing. But I, I worked at a place that we'd hire new guys in. And I mean, we, it was, Hey, we're just going to treat them like crap. Like we're not going to talk to them. Mm. We're going to put them on the ambulance and they're going to be all the cooking, all the cleaning. And that happened to me my first year. Like it made me not want to be a fireman no more. Mm. So then I get off probation. We hire new guys in. I see them doing the same thing. I was like, why are we doing this? Like this kid is 20 years old, fresh out of the fire academy. If we get buried up later, I want to make sure he knows who I am. And yeah. He's not, he's not going to be like, dude, fuck that guy. <laughs> he threw bananas on the floor and then maybe, you know, clean him up with a towel. Like, no. Yeah. So that's one thing I try to do now. Like I get a new FTO in like, Hey, one of the first things, like this is a big boy job. We're going to do big boy things, but let me know you like, yes, you yeah. allergic to anything. You scared of anything, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like yeah. that's, those are big things I've really pushed for. And I want that. Well, it's like the guys I work with at work is I I want to know who they are. I want to know their family. I want to invest in them because you can say one way or the other, but if I am close with you and close with your family and I know your family, I know what you got going on. There's just that little bit extra motivation there to make sure that you're okay. Mm -hmm. Whether that's on the fire ground or in the station or whatever. If I don't know anything about you, I'm, a little bit less likely to put that effort forth, right? So. Right, and I, and so it, that goes to like knowing your family, right? Like, so I know your daughter, I know your wife. We're on the fire ground. I'm gonna work extra hard to make sure you stay safe, right? Yeah. And same goes for you, and same goes for the boys, right? Uh, I think it's one of those things that the fire service is so tight knit. Right, it's a brotherhood, but yeah. it truly is a an entire family. There's a difference yeah. between a brotherhood and a facade of a brotherhood. Mm-hmm. You want to be, you yes. don't want to have the facade. You want to be, you want to be the one that cares for people. Right. Yes. And I, th- I think like where we work is still relatively small, right? And so we know mm-hmm. there's a few people now that have come on that I don't know that good, mm-hmm. or yeah. I don't know, recognize the name or whatever. But for the most part, I know everyone who works at our department, especially the guys right. at the stations around me, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I may not be as close with them as I am with the guys I work with every day, but right. I'm still, I still know them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. For sure. So, so another thing that I kind of wanted to touch on too, and like being an officer, 
being a Christian man, we talked about like the, you know, the publicly praying, like I've had to learn that you can talk to somebody till you're blue in the face. You're not going to change their opinion. Uh-uh. Uh, if you know the donkey and the lion story, you know that story? Uh, I heard it a long time ago, but I would you know I don't tell it know. to you. All right. So the donkey and the lion story, there's a donkey and the lion sitting outside talking. Donkey comes up, says to the lion, Hey man, the sky's red. Lion kind of looks at him real confused. And he's like, you know, come again. It's like, yeah, the sky's red. Lion goes, nah, man, it's blue. The sky's blue. That's why it's called like sky blue. They don't make sky red crowns, but they keep going on and on arguing. Like you cannot change this guy's mind. He's got a following behind him that the sky is red. Like he is the smartest dude there. Like he knows the sky is red. You got the sky blue people over here. Finally, it gets down to the point that they're like, hey, you want to settle this? Let's go to like the big line, the guy in charge of everything. Like mm-hmm. he is the wisest of them all. Mufasa. Yeah. Mufasa, Mufasa, Mufasa. <laughs> but they go, they go there. They talk to the big lion. And they, the donkey's like, you know, hey, king, sky's red. The other lion's like, no, it's blue. Like, you know that. Okay. The donkey storms off. You can't change his mind. So the king line comes down, talks to the other line and says, why are you arguing with the donkey? He goes, well, because I know I'm right. It's like, that's fine. But you also shouldn't get caught up on the opinion of jackasses that are going to change your mind. Like he's going to be a jackass in his mind. And, you know, I may be a jackass in his mind, but I can't change it. So let's stick right. true to what I know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like all that kind of stuff. And that like, put that with your faith. Like, Hey, I'm going to stick true to being faithful, being a Christian, being a good officer, being a guy that cares about people, regardless if people think that of me or not. Like, right. If I feel I'm being that way, then that's what I want from people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I think that's so important too, is having that confidence in yourself. So especially in what we do, but just, just in life in general is, is being confident in who you are and not being ashamed of who you are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I mean, you're going to be Those challenged are, whether it's somebody directly challenging you or you just feel, feel the life. Right. Yeah. Right. So having that confidence in yourself to be who you are is so important. For sure. And that's just, I got, I got a Bible verse down here. Philippians 2, 3. I'm sorry. I don't pronounce words well. So if you don't like it, oh, well. Send me like a an English teacher that can He help. means Philippians 2, yeah. 3. Yeah. <laughs> got that draw. But it says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. It goes back mm-hmm. to this. I'm going to value like the people around me. I'm going to value that they're happy take it to our job. Like I'm going to make sure that when I go to Meemaw's house, her batteries are going off and her smoke detector. It's two in the morning. And haven't slept. Hey, go get some batteries, put batteries in the smoke detector. Like right. I want to value those people because one day that's, that's going to be me. And I want those people to like put me above them and like, give me the sacrifice to make me right. better. And that's my wife. Like once again, I, I can't brag on my wife enough. Like if she, she puts me above others, Mm-hmm. That helps me be a better man, helps me be a better husband, better father, all these kind of things, and vice versa. If I put her above others, which she should always be, you know, it goes faith, marriage, kids, mm-hmm. then she knows she's always going to have the best from me. Right. So something kind of along with that of putting others above yourself is something that is surprisingly hard to do in this job is just being kind, right? Because we're all, dog. to some level, we're all jaded by the job. We talked about mm-hmm. this last week of just that, you become jaded over time. You run the same people in the same conditions. They're doing the same dumb shit. Mm-hmm. And you're yeah. like, it's, it's surprisingly hard to be kind. 
But like Jonathan said, right? It's not hard to not be an asshole. Yeah. And then listening last night, Chief Gordon was on the scrap, listening to him and talking Mm -hmm. about. Uh, there's a question about why he loves his job or why he loves teaching, whatever it was. And he's talking about how he's he's always worked in these low income areas, um, high crime areas. The best. Yeah. Well, working in these areas and how for six months he went and worked in like a high flute area, and he said in six months he realized these people don't need me. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing I can do for these people, right? And so mm-hmm. in these low income, high crime areas, he's running all these people that are. Doing bad shit. A lot of them are doing bad shit, right? But uh-huh. he was like, I, I just learned, like, they're people, right? It doesn't right. take a lot to just be kind. Yeah. Do, just because they're doing something dumb doesn't mean I got to be an asshole to them, right? I mean, right. sometimes you got to be an asshole. Yeah, like sometimes that's the only way that people understand. Yeah. Is, right. Hey, you have to be blunt with people. And that's where a lot of guys travel up to work with me. And like, man, you're, you're like real stern with that guy. Got to be sometimes. Yeah. Like right. sometimes you have to explain to them, yeah. like, Hey, I understand that you think you're burning wood, but there's the wood that, you know, the Lord made that comes from a yeah. tree. There's the wood that came from a factory. Like, there's a difference there. So, yeah. like, we have to explain that to people. Is- Those are my favorites on the illegal burns. Yeah. They like, they start arguing. I'm like, look, man, I don't make the rules. I don't really care, but I have to yeah. tell you not to do it. Yeah. You're not going to do it. Yeah, if you have a problem, there's a phone number you can call, speak to the fire marshal, and y'all can discuss your problem there. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, that, that's just my big thing. Like, make sure that we're nice to these people and like mm-hmm. definitely working in those lower income areas. Like it, it definitely humbles you. Yeah. And I, oh, for yeah. sure. Like once again, talk with, talk with my driver. I brag on that dude a lot. Like he, he is, I, w- I won't even call my work wife because my wife's <laughs> way prettier than him. But like this dude, like he helps keep me grounded. We, we click very well, all that kind of stuff. And you know, he, he made the comedy. He's like, dude, we're working here. I've I've experienced more in six months working here than I did in three years working down in the other battalion because that's a nicer area. Like people are calling for, oh, you know, actual stuff. They're not calling because I've had a cough for two weeks and it hasn't gone away. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely a different. Like we we are, we are their help. Yeah. Yep. And I think that's like some of the officers around me have like given me good examples of how to deal with those problems and how to be kinder um i had a coach tell me that hey man you're real blunt and kind of a dick so like let's work on that yeah and i've really been trying to work on that and it's it's amazing how people respond differently when you're not like hey hey like hello sir how are you well it's just like (laughs) like and it goes the other way too right so a good example the other day speaking of illegal burns uh working with Dusty, it would go on illegal burns. Guys burning pallets, and he genuinely didn't realize he couldn't burn pallets. Right? Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. he comes up on on the gators. We're showing up, and he he comes up and immediately kind of has that aggressive attitude. Like, what's the problem? Mm-hmm. And so immediately, the counter to that is like, if you come at me strong, I'm gonna have to come at you strong. I can't right. be soft. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, pretty quickly, it got resolved and it kind of calmed down. We had a conversation about it, and no big deal. Right. But it's one of those like if you. If you come out the gate as an asshole, it's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, you shut that conversation in the foot. Yeah. And it's just like you were just saying, like, if you start with kindness, sometimes sometimes people are just angry, right? Yeah, you you can be the nicest person to them, and they are still going to hate you because of what you do, who you stand for. Right. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, oh, you're a dude telling them they can't do something? Man, piss off. Yeah. Right. What's even funnier is the people that call us and then we show up and then they're assholes to us. 
Yeah. And it's like, you do you want the help or no? Yeah, you like, literally called, called me, and said, bro. I want yeah. your help. And yeah. here I am yeah. trying to help you. Yeah. And it's like, nah, brother, like you're not helping me the way you want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um I think a lot of that is like so back to shooting a conversation in the foot, right? Like so you can approach dudes on your shift, on your tour, and your battalion, right? Like you can say, hey, man, do you really need to talk to somebody? Or you can be like, hey, what the fuck's wrong with you, right? Like, And I think that's how we, as men, have to approach this whole conversation. Oh, right? yeah. Like yeah. my guys know there's – so I worked for an officer. Apparently, uh, he called me Kramer, mm-hmm. and then he also knew me as Harbold. Like there was two different like, – Took his medicine, didn't take his medicine, kind of dude. So one day he's looking at Jekyll staff and, and he's like, he's like, who's this Harbold dude? And they're like, I thought we were getting Kramer today. And I'm like, what do you mean? And the other guy's like, that is Kramer and Harbold. It's the same guy. <laughs> like my guys know that. Like, hey, there's play around, have fun, and then there's like, hey man, like really, mm-hmm. let's let's be serious here. Like, right. Give him the old, yeah. you know, blue steel face from Zoolander. Mm-hmm. Like, we doing this? Like, talking to them, and if they know that I'm being serious. Some of big jokes are like, I can turn anything to a joke. Yeah. That's just like my deflection thing. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Oh man. Hey, that dude broke his leg. Yeah. But he didn't break two of them. Like <laughs> that kind you of got thing. Another one. <laughs> yeah. I got yeah. broke my, when I broke my ankle, it's like, oh man, I broke my ankle, but yeah. you know, I will, or I got bad hair. Like the Lord knew I'd be too powerful if I had good hair and I was handsome. <laughs> That'd be the worst. Yeah. Well, so, and handsome. Ooh. Yeah. And handsome. Well, so, now we're getting deep. Like that, that's the thing. Like the guys know when I'm joking and when I'm serious. So when I'm right. serious and I come to them with a serious conversation, like, mm-hmm. Hey, you have like, this has been going on for a couple tours. Like you've been mm-hmm. super mad. You're not easy to like talk to. What's the deal? Oh, well I'm mad about my kids daycare doing this or my wife made me do this or, you know, B shift does this or C mm-hmm. shift does this. Like, Hey man, we're all adults. Let's talk about it first. If that doesn't work, then we'll move on. Or, you know, I'm I'm just pissed off about that call we ran this morning where nothing's going to happen to the parents because they did this. Or, uh-huh. you know, the people living there, nothing's going to happen. And they're, you know, got this dog chained up outside and it's 10 degrees outside. Nothing's going to happen. Hey, I get that. And then you come to find out, oh, hey, you've run a call like the same situation. Like, okay, yeah. cool. Let's work through this. And then once again, refer to someone who is of a higher level of care. We do it in uh-huh. our fire and EMS calls. Like, if I don't know what to do. I'm going to call a captain. The captain doesn't know. Luckily I'm housed with a chief and I can be like, Hey, oh chief, yeah. hypothetically, <laughs> you know, like dude comes in, wants to do this. What do I do? Yeah. What would you do in this situation? Yeah, he'd chief? Like, he'd be like, well, I'd wonder why you're at work, Kramer. And <laughs> Okay, cool. Got it. So that's, that's one way to look at it. So, uh, one of the other questions I had was, uh, what is your motivation in your career or your personal life or job or whatever? Uh, and I have a feeling a lot of your motivation is just going to fires. Dude, I love <laughs> going to fires. <laughs> That's the stuff, daddy. Cutting holes. I mean, I'll cut holes. I'll kick doors. I mean, I'll be good at it, but whatever. You try and get me riled up. Cutting good. holes is an yeah. art. Yeah. It's an art. Yeah, Absolutely. Man. Hey, you know what? You mess up on, you know, you finally mess up on a hole. It's on me. Yeah. Because I haven't taught him. I assume. Hey, man, you know how to cut a hole? Yeah, dude. I've been to a few classes. They taught me how. I saw a video. Yeah. 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 Oh, they taught you to cut towards your leg. Okay. Yeah, man. <laughs> Love to go to that class. Have a talk with that dude. And I once heard a guy say, put a tourniquet in your bunker pocket. So when your guy cuts his leg off on a roof, uh, man, maybe I don't I remember that part advice. of Doll's class. Hey, man. Easy, easy, easy. Scoot over easy. <laughs> but no, like, so what they're referring to is we had a fire uh, mm. pull up and 
IC tells us, hey, go cut a hole for ventilation because there's a report of people trapped. All right. Well, I've cut a few holes in my day. I'm not going to say I'm the best. I'm no like New York, Dallas guy, whatever. Like them dudes are cutting holes and they're good at it. Like it's eyes shut good. But get there, double ladder, climb up and ask the fireman, hey, you cut a hole before? Yeah, I've cut one before. I've been to a few classes. Cool. So drivers getting dressed because all they had to do was throw an air pack on because our drivers get bunked out going to fires because they're boys. They want to work. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to stand at the pump and be like, oh, yeah. I think your calculations are off by two PSI, sir. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we get up there, start sounding the roof, um, go to cut this hole. And I'm like watching my fireman. I was like, dude, I'd hate to see you dance if that's how you cut a hole because it is <laughs> rough. <laughs> Once again, me as an officer should have taught him like, Mm-hmm. Shouldn't have assumed. You know what they say when you assume you make an ass out of you and me. Right. Yeah. Mostly me. <laughs> but so we cut this hole and, you know, wait, hey, yeah, cut it, bust it. Awesome. Well, uh, I get some calls, texts, following days like, why the hell did you cut a hole on a single wide trailer? Well, because the crews inside said they had high heat, low visibility. The roof was good. Like uh-huh. I've been up on brick stick houses that had worse roofs. Mm-hmm. and they're in there searching for people possibly trapped. Well, why didn't you bust windows? Well, it was weird when we went to that side of the house. The windows were not smoke-stained. There was no condensation. I was like, that's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Later, we go inside the house, and we see that the doors to those rooms are padlocked shut from the hallway, mm. and they're blocked by stuff. So that's why we could have busted windows. We wouldn't have done anything. Yeah, right. But talking to the crews inside, they were on the hose line searching. like, dude, y'all did that? And it was like, Jammy, Sammy, let's go, man. This was awesome. <laughs> okay. So that that's the thing. Like, like my motivations, like, for my career, I'll start that. I'll go career. Like, there's four of them they want me to touch on. Career, personal, daily, long-term. My career, I come from a family where my dad was a fireman. So, like, there was a guy that used to work for where my dad worked. He posted a picture yesterday. And uh, I'd, I've had a guy message me. He's like, dude, I worked for your dad when I was a young kid. Like, it put a huge mark on me. Like, that made me who I am today. So, like, hearing that, once again, don't accept compliments. I'm like, mm. yeah, man, like, I don't know what to say, but, <laughs> man, like, I want to strive to be, like, the guy that if, you know, y'all have, you know, somebody's boy comes and works for me when I'm on the tail end of my career. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, man, they're telling, I don't know, somebody in my family, like, hey, this guy was my officer. Like he made a huge mark on me and it made me want to be better each day. Like mm. that's what yeah. I want in my career. I want to like, I, I don't think I'll ever be the guy that's like all over the internet. Like unless I do something really dumb, <laughs> but not out of the question. Yeah, yeah. Not out of the question at all. But like, <laughs> like I want to be the guy that like makes things better. Like I, I want to make sure that I'm leaving my job better. than I found, I know that's like the typical answer. Like, Oh, I want to leave this job better than I found it. And the, we want, you know, 0.1% better daily, but that's it. Like, right. That's all I want to do. Like, I yeah, want to mm-hmm. make sure that dudes love coming to work and like, mm-hmm. th- they're just happy. Like, that's what I want. I love to be like the happy go lucky guy. Yeah. So my career, I want to be known as that guy. I'm, you know, some I'm known, like I said, I'm known as being a dickhead. Mm-hmm. That's cause I'm, I'm a roast you pretty hard. Yeah. I got a dude tell me he made, you know, world famous rice one day. I don't know what world he was living in. But that stuff was not famous. I don't even know if you call it rice. You know, uh, just speaking of rice, real quick, it amazes me how many people can just cannot oh, cook dude. rice. Oh, I burned. Some I last thought it night. was a relatively simple no. skill. Nope. I burned some last night, dog. So, fun fact: after that, got on Amazon, 
Amazon has one rice cookers. Don't need Two. one. Yeah, what, you, dude? We got a rice cooker at the station. That thing is better than sliced bread. It's Don't the tits. It. And then, two, the Instapot has a setting oh, for yeah, rice. Does. Yeah. Well, I'm, dude, we if you're Instapot-style rice, man. <laughs> <laughs> Brother. Elevator doesn't go all the way up yeah. over here. It's okay. <laughs> no, I'm getting it. I, I know. <laughs> yeah. The rice goes into pot. Instantly. <laughs> but, like, that's the thing. Like, in my career, I want to make, like, I want to make a mark. I want to continue a legacy. Right. Where I worked before I did now, I was the first second generation fireman. My mm-hmm. dad worked there. Mm-hmm. There were dudes I worked with, like the BC that retired on my first day worked with my dad. Like there were guys that there that worked under my dad with my dad. So I was like, Dude, that's awesome. Like that's the mm-hmm. cool. And like, I yeah. loved hearing those guys talk about like all the stuff my dad did. Mm-hmm. And then when I left, like that was a big blow to me. Like I love this place. I love the people, but I got to do what's better for my family. Right. Where I'm at now, like I've been a part of for, I guess as long as I've been a fireman, mm-hmm. it's like a part-time guy or a volunteer. Yeah. So I had this opportunity. It's like, yeah, I, I'm going to make my wife happy mm-hmm. by having a better schedule. And like, I'm going to, I'm going to continue a legacy. Like I could always build on what my dad had there mm-hmm. or I could build my own. Right. And that's what I want. Like that, that's the stuff I want. And there's, there's guys I work with that have badass legacies. Like, I mean, like, like I said, Trey Dole, he's a great officer. I think mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Tyler Ramsey, like he's a great officer. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, these dudes are stuff that I'm like, dude, I want to be like these guys. Like, yeah. and that that's how I want to build my career is like getting help from dudes that could help me be good. Definitely. Like my personal motivation, man, I just don't want to suck. Word. Like I, yeah. uh, I, I want to be the best. Like I, I'm a people pleaser. Mm-hmm. So like, you're like, Hey man, I'm thinking about running a marathon this weekend, but I got to like, you got to be two people in it. Dude, I, I guess, I mean, I'll strap the old Lamborghinis up and we'll get to rolling, but I'm not, not going to be the, the guy that's doing that, but I don't want to suck. Like I'm going to give it everything I have. Right. And then like, that's just my personal motivation. Like I want to, I want to be good. I want to be the best. Like I want to strive to be the dude, mm-hmm. you know, the dude abides. Yeah. And then like my daily motivation. Once again, don't want to suck. Like, yeah, I want to get out of bed. I want to, you can ask my wife some mornings I'm a grouch mm-hmm. and like, it's funny. We first started dating. I'm this big morning person. She's like, I want to sleep till, till sundown kind of thing. Oh no. My wife can be up all night with that baby. And she is just ramming ready. To, like in the morning, like she may not look the happiest. I mean, she's always beautiful in my eyes. Cause mm-hmm. I mean, she is the most beautiful woman I ever know. Right. What's up, baby? But <laughs> I don't want them brownies when I get home. I'm <laughs> but like now she's the morning person. Me, I'm like, leave me alone. Mm. Especially when I get home from work. Like I don't sleep yeah. good at work. We could get up a bunch or mm-hmm. like I always have this fear that I'm going to miss a call. Yep. Oh yeah. And you know, it's technology. I can't rely on technology Mm-mm. or we're at a station where your fireman and your driver don't have the doorbell ringer in their room or the telephone. Mm. Guess who's answering those things all night when the, when the natives come and knock and like, Hey man, you got a cigarette? No, I don't. It's three in the morning. Leave me alone, dog. The natives. Uh, yeah. The natives, the locals, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. The natives, like you work in the jungle. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a concrete jungle. It always makes me uh, smile inside when I hear you on the radio about the locals. Yeah. I refer to them as the locals. Oh yeah. I <laughs> yeah. love it. So like but local comes knocking at the door, like, Hey man, I need a cigarette. Hey, can I use your phone charger to call my PO? I'm like, dude, it is two thirty seven in the morning. If your PO answers right now, you've got a big problem. It's not me. <laughs> but 
like that's that's like my I guess my daily goal is like be the guy, be the dude, do do the things that make me better. Mm-hmm. And my long term goal is I want to retire healthy and like at a good age. Yeah, like I'm not a finance guy, but I want to make sure that when I retire that I've got enough money to get by. I don't want to be working till I'm 80, greeting people at Walmart, trying yeah, to form tackle somebody because they stole some candy. Yeah, that's not me. Like I want to be happy. Like that's a, that's a long term goal for me. I want to live on my little piece of property. I want to walk outside, watch my girls have fun, watch, you know. Hey, real quick. Do you think you're going to be form tackling at 80? Dude, <laughs> With today's advances in modern medicine and technology, it's not, you know, I'd say I might live to be 150, 200. <laughs> this body right here built by pure American beef, and Curry's Light, and energy drinks. What? And Krispy Kreme. I don't like Krispy Kreme. <laughs> We don't have those where I live. Oh, well, yeah, that's because you live out in the sticks. That's I right. live in yeah. the middle of nowhere. But yeah, like, my motivation is, like, long-term. Like, my wife will tell you, like, I get super fixated on something. Like, I want to be the best at this. I want to be the best at bow hunting. And then mm-hmm. kind of just dies off. Like, yeah, man, yeah, I'll shoot my bow, whatever. God, or my wife gives me help all the time because yeah. like every week I'm like, I'm going to try this. And yeah. She's like, no, stop. You don't need another hobby. <laughs> That's my wife. Yeah. Like right now we're trying to save up to buy some land. I'm like, but I really want a Jeep. Like I want it. She's like, you already had one. You sold it. And I'm like, but I want another one. <laughs> I want a better Jeep. Yeah. Like that, that's what I want. Like, so like that's the long-term motivation is like focusing on those goals that she wants, not just mm-hmm. for her, but for us. Right. And like letting that motivate me like, Hey, yeah, when I'm working overtime, yeah, it sucks because I'm gone. But in the end game, like it's going to help me with my retirement. It's going to put a little more money. So, you know, mama can go get some Chick-fil-A when she's hungry, Mm -hmm. like that kind of thing. And like, make sure the girls are taken care of. That's my motivation for like the long-term thing too, is we strive for our goals and we push for those and have that. Dude. So just this, this last four day I had, me and my wife, we drove out to Grapevine, looked at an expedition, beautiful, 2022 platinum. Oh, dude, my wife's got one. Dude. Loves it. Gorgeous. Love it, right? Uh, then we got home, talked about finances, and we were like, hey, we can do this, but where do we want to be in five years? Like, mm. And I know five years is not like super long, but it's like- Oh, hey, it is. Like, It's super closer than you think. Yeah, yeah, it's way closer than you think. And so we were like, hey, where do we want to be in five years? Do we want to be, you know- hood rich and beautiful cars and living the dream or do we want to literally have property have land and we can do what we want to do right yeah yeah and so that's my wife's things too she's like no like i love buying guns like you you and me both bro and everybody else i work with red-blooded american yeah i I like shooting exercising those freedoms yeah like she's, I'll come home. She's like, "What's that case?" I'm like, "Nothing, baby. It's just like, <laughs> I found it on the side of the road." Would you believe there was a Glock in there? It's crazy, isn't it? And it came with earmuffs for the baby <laughs> so when I take her wild. home. <sighs> like that's the thing. She's like, "No, you don't need to do that." Like you, she'll get on. I mean, I wouldn't say get on me, but she gives me a stern talking to. Like I'm a kid sometimes. That hey, you have these goals that you want to have land, you want to have all this, but here you are buying frivolous, dumb stuff. Uh-huh. I'm like, hey, you're right, and I'm like. But also looked at the Amazon card history, so <laughs> let, wow, let's, let's play the give and take here. I'm telling you, man, pull your card from Amazon. It'll change your life. It'll it, So at the minimum, it'll make you pause and think like, hey, do I really need this? Because yep. Amazon's super simple. Like It's like oh, two yeah. clicks yeah. and it's at your front door. You're like, yeah. 
Well, part that's of it's on case. me. Like I enable my wife. She's like, Hey, I want to get this for the girls. I'm like, girl, you get cool. it. Yeah. yeah. Those yeah, girls need it. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why the girls need switchblades, but get it. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, you need this? Cool. Yeah. Get it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that's def- that, that's me. Like I'll, I'll take that hit. Oh yeah. But, Look at you being a leader. Yeah. Uh, hey man, you can lead, follow, get run the fuck over. I, <laughs> I want to just lead. So I don't, so I don't get ran the fuck over. That's yeah. true. Hell yeah. But we talked about this the other day, but you come from a department with a true truck. Um, actually yeah. you come from two departments with a very, okay. A, an extended truck history. Right. Yeah. And so I work at a department that does not have a truck history and mm. it probably never will. But as, as it goes, we're looking, we're in the market, you know, our quint's a little older and I was thinking, man, what if you could have a real, like if you could be at the forefront of your truck history, right? Like yeah. you could be the guys picking out six chainsaws for one side of the truck and the 12 for the other. You could have 15 K 12s and you could have paratech tools and struts and stuff. And it's just <laughs> like, man, what if you get to be at the beginning of that truck history? And so with that, I think truck work is it. You don't need a true truck because it's more of a mentality. It is the perfection in the, professionalism that you put into it well it's kind of like where that's kind of where we're at now in the county right it's Mm -hmm. like we haven't had a truck before and we're at the beginning of developing that truck culture but at the Mm -hmm. same time where we work everyone has to be able to be a truck right Mm -hmm. so it doesn't matter if you're on the truck you're on the engine you're first do second do third do whatever right whatever that job demands at that time and whoever is there they're doing it right? right so if we pull up first on in the truck and second dues five minutes away well, we're an engine right mm-hmm. but if we're second do or they're like pulling up behind us or whatever it is we're truck doesn't matter if we're truck or engine we're doing the truck work right we just right. have a big ladder on top and i like it a lot <laughs> i think one of the best things i ever heard talking about like truck culture is at a driver and mm-hmm. uh you'd think that the tires on that truck were square because it didn't go anywhere <laughs> but like when i took this job i'm in now He's like, ah, you're going to go ride an engine. I was like, yeah. He's like, I'm like, but you know, you have hose on your truck. It's like, right. but here's a good thing. I don't have to use that on your rig. You have to use it every time and you're tethered to it like an idiot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. Like you can be them boys. Like you can have your culture making you good. Right. Whereas like he said, we're in a place that dude, you, you're going to, you're going to learn. You may, you may be expected to know it all, but you definitely got the guys that are like, I want that guy to do it over that guy. Like, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so I think in nowadays more than, more than back in the past, right. Being a well-rounded fireman gets you so much further. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think we've learned over time, like as we develop, like, Hey, being a fireman is not just a fireman. And so then you got to be a contractor. You got to be a, a roofer, a welder. You got to know your gases and your pH levels. You got to know so many yeah. things. And so being that well-rounded fireman, it gets you a lot further than just being, oh, I'm a truckie, yeah. right? Yeah. I can Mongo go pull ceiling, Mongo go cut hole, yeah. right? Like it's a lot better to be a well-rounded fireman. Man, mostly, mostly this, I know my, my squirrel brain just, just ripping <laughs> right go. now. I know I've got the crazy eyes going, which is like, <laughs> anybody that's ever worked with me is like, oh, watch out, Kareem, you got the crazy eyes going. <laughs> but like, this just popped in my head. Like, I'm going to ask y'all, what do you do to like keep yourself grounded? Like, what's your, what's your stuff to keep you grounded? 
Like for me, I like to work out every day. Am I some big yoked up Mo? No. I like to work out. Like a 20 minute workout's better than a zero mm-hmm. minute workout. I like to hunt. I like to fish. I like to be with my family. Mm-hmm. Those are things I like to do. But I want to know for y'all, like y'all are the one leading this mental health podcast. Like what grounds y'all? What makes you like, keeps you sane until you can, so you can coast through those problems. So lately, um, it's actually been reading. I am not a big reader. Um, I need my finger and like, we're going to have to sound out a few words. Uh, Is land. Yeah. (laughs) Peninsula. I don't know what a peninsula is. I don't know. What the fuck is that? Anyway. So uh, reading actually uh, at some point during the podcast, I'm going to bring up what books I'm reading. Right. So like recently I picked up a book about yay thick. I mean, it might be 20 pages and it's a, so you started an LLC, which I did recently. Um, And like, just that little bit of reading um, has actually helped me one slow down, yeah, and then right, two, <laughs> um, and then two, uh, it's actually helped me start to like focus on my goals. Right. So, like I said, me and my wife, we had a long conversation, and I realized I was like, oh yeah, I do have goals, and I can actually clearly see them now. Mm-hmm. And so that little bit of like slowing down and taking. 10, 20, 30 minutes out of my day to just read a book has helped out phenomenally. Yeah. Um, like, what else? You like, you like to go shoot guns? You like to cook? Oh, hell yeah. I like to shoot guns, <laughs> okay. dog. I'm a world champion shooter, according to myself. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Let me see those stat cards. Yeah, yeah, I don't got one of them. I yeah, just yeah, say yeah. I am. Uh, but no, uh, actually me and, so Connor Barnes, he works mm-hmm. for. Uh, the ambulance. Yeah, he works for the ambulance. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, me and him just went shooting at Shoot Smart like two days ago. Good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I shoot a lot. Okay. You can shoot that shot like you got nothing to lose. You know, <laughs> shooters shoot, baby. Yeah. Man, I don't I don't know that I have like a thing that keeps me grounded. I, like, I'm so ADD. I'm just all over the place. Like, I, ha- mm-hmm. I just have to do something. Like, I have to have mm-hmm. something to do to keep my focus, right? And so right. I enjoy taking editing pictures, editing videos, stuff like that. It's not something I do all the time. You got plenty to time. do from this thing. Well, yeah. <laughs> but keep you busy. Like it, it's it's that ADHD that like I can't focus on anything until I get sucked into editing a video and I'll do it for eight hours straight. Mm-hmm. And so like, yeah. So like doing that, like computer, like spreadsheets, like nerd out on spreadsheets. Like I'm not some Excel guru, but I like that. I like the like, inputting shit into ers is a spreadsheet like, like where you take the book page and lay it apart yeah same okay, thing cool yeah mm-hmm. so like collins will tell you like <laughs> when we first started actually putting everything into ers and everyone was like oh man this is gonna suck and i was like let me do it just tell me what oh, it is i I'll love put it, in. it like just getting zoned out in the computer i love it and yeah. uh, like the thing that keeps me on track at work is just writing everything down like i have to write everything on the board of what we're gonna do during the day because if i don't i'm gonna forget about it Right. So mm-hmm. what is your, I'm skin to y'all. What's your peeve, like your pet peeve you bring home from work that like you walk in the doors like, ah, like do y'all have something like that? Like when you get home is something that bothers you? Yes. Mine is dishes in the sink. Mm. I cannot stand dishes in the sink. I'd, I'd rather break every plate in there than wash them. Like that's how much I hate dishes in the sink. But I don't know that I have like a pet peeve because my wife, like I, every episode of this so far, like, the guests or us has ended up like 
carpenter wise like they're the most incredible thing which they are yeah i mean they were born to a family comes, but they chose us so exactly like, yeah. like the, it it all comes back to them like they keep us grounded right like that's my ground but my wife she's a softball head softball coach and so during softball season she's up at whatever 4 30 in the morning and doesn't get home until 10 11 o'clock at night sometimes <laughs> and then gets up and does it again the next day for a week mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and so especially during softball season I get home and it's not that I want to be upset with her and I, I'm not, I just, I tell myself, I'm like, regardless of what I come into at home, she's had Sarah for two days or she's been at work for two days or whatever. And she's been dealing with her own stuff. Mm -hmm. So I try consciously, like, I, I guess I probably used to not be so good at it, but more recently I've been trying to work on like, I don't, it's not that I don't have the right, but I'm not in a place to, tell her be like why didn't you do that yeah type of thing right uh so really i only have one um my wife is spectacular uh usually by the time i get home the house is cleaned up uh the kids are gonna make a mess so i understand that uh the dogs are wild so there's gonna be a little bit of mud oh yeah i got me a toby so i understand um but the one pet peeve i have is she parks in the driveway in the middle and it's like way too close. I take so it back. You... I do have a pet peeve. <laughs> oh, dude, my wife, like, dude, it's she has the only spot, one. She has a spot close to the door. Like when she's gone, yep. uh-huh. like I'm, I'm like, oh, I'm taking that. And she's like, you're in my spot. And I was like, maybe I don't see your name there. Hang up an employee of the month sticker or something. Dude, park there. what? And so that's the only one. Like she just parks terrible. Which is another reason we've been worried about getting an expedition because right now we're in a Jeep Cherokee. Oh, yeah, that's going to be oh, worse. Dude, yeah. mm-hmm. My wife drives mm-hmm. something like a sports car. Just whip, whip. But I've also been teaching her how to back in, so that's going to help. Yeah. The other Speaking of cars, the other day, uh, I guess a couple weeks ago, it was mm-hmm. real windy whenever that wind came through. A couple weeks later, we're like driving somewhere, and, and she goes, I'm driving a car, and she goes, oh, yeah, the other day when it was really windy, I, like, opened my door, and the wind took it, and she's, like, kind of laughing about it. She was like, the wind took it, and I, like, just swung the door way open really hard, and she was like, you know how the door's supposed to stop at certain parts? It doesn't do that anymore, and I was like, that's not funny. Yeah, like, <laughs> sometimes it's a good, sometimes it's a sheet. I was, like, it's a sheet. I was like, I understand it's not, like, you didn't do it on purpose, like, it was not your fault, but, mm-hmm. like, that's not funny. Yeah. <laughs> so, one more question for y'all. What are you doing or can you do to be a better husband, a better father, and a better person? So for me, um made you deep. Yeah. Real deep. So for me, I can already go ahead and tell you, uh, one, more intentional time with my wife and kids. Uh I get sucked into a lot, right? Like so work stuff, home stuff, my dad's stuff. Like I get sucked into a ton. And so for me, I know I need to drop some of that stuff by the wayside or schedule time out to just be like, hey, this is phones down, uh, TV off. This is me and you intentional time. Or the same thing goes for my kids like, hey, phones down, TV's off. This is me and you intentional time with Olivia and such. Um, That's a big one. And then on top of, I guess, being more. I don't want to say emotional, but being more empathetic, right? So I also have a a young child who doesn't know how to form her words or emotions. And so I need to understand like, hey, she's too stupid. You need to slow your down, slow yourself down. My oldest one, she talks like a, she talks better than I do. (laughs) I don't know. Her mom has been teaching her real well. 
But it's like some of the things that like I get so upset about, right? Like could easily just be like, all right, yeah, she's too. You're putting your expectations are up here. You need to lower them, right? Yeah. Like, and and that's a thing, right? Like, so as a dad, you're like, my kid is the best, and it's gonna yeah. be the best, yeah. right? But like, you have to lower your expectations, right? Because she's still developing, still yeah. learning. Mm-hmm. Um. And the same thing goes for Sutton. Sutton's four months, and she's sitting up before everybody else. And I was like, oh, she's going to crawl first. And yeah. so I've been physically getting on the floor like, hey, this is how you crawl. This yeah. is how and that's that's un- that's unrealistic, yeah. right? Like she's going to develop when she develops. So um, th- those two things coupled together, and I think I could do a lot better and probably work out more, right? Like, yeah. you know, life longevity would help them out in the long run. Man, I – I'm going to own the fact that especially recently I feel like I have not been doing a great job of being present at home. Like it's just been kind of like everybody goes through those times, right? Those slumps where you're just kind of like not really in a funk, but you're kind of not as present as you could be. Right. So something that I've noticed, I feel like as a dad, I don't think I do a bad job as a dad with being present and being patient. So ironically, like as much as my wife does somehow I'm the one that is more patient with Sarah. I don't understand how because I'm not a patient person, mm-hmm. but somehow with Sarah, I just, whatever it is, I'm patient with her. And my wife is not, she just, she's just like zero to a hundred. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I do a pretty good job being patient with her. I don't do a great job of being patient with my wife. Right. I, I'm very quick to, and it's something we've worked on. We're both kind of like that. I mean, it's real easy to, She'll say something and you immediately just assume the oh, worst. Yeah. Like, oh, you're being an asshole. When I could just take a second and be like, hmm, that probably just came out wrong. Right. <laughs> so I could definitely do a much better job of being patient with her, being a little more present when we're home. Right. right. We're both tired. Like, I got off work. I'm tired. She gets off work every day and she's tired. It's right. not like on my third day off, I can't be like, well, we were up all night. Yeah. Like, nope. I can't use that excuse anymore. She's mm-hmm. at work all day every day of the week until late she's up early and all that right so mm-hmm. i get it when she gets home and she just wants to veg out on the couch do whatever do your thing so uh to answer your question i think i could do a better job of being more present uh mm-hmm. at home at at work uh, uh the guys might tell you differently i don't know but i think i do a pretty good job of being present i, I think i'm pretty into the job you could always do more right we could always mm-hmm. train more like there's days that like I don't feel like we do enough yeah. or I don't feel like I do enough. Uh, right. But I'm invested in the job. I'm invested in myself. I'm wanting to be good at the skills of doing the job. I enjoy the job. And so I could I could definitely do a good job being more present at home. Uh, I enjoy being at work. Right. Um, being at work is fun. Um, but like I learned a few years ago, kind of curbing that to where – Yes, work is fun. I enjoy my job a lot, but that should not override what who I am at home, right? Yep. So, so I'd say the big things that I'm wanting to work on, and like I know I need to work on, is y'all said it. Y'all, we're gonna beat it, Seth. Being present, like we're in mm-hmm. a job where it's, hey man, we got to fix problems now. We all have part time jobs. Like I work in a part time job where it's, hey, like people need answers now. I can't wait. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I mean that's people's, you know that's their life that I'm messing with kind of deal and yep. not because they're dying, but it's like, cause they have stuff they want. Yeah. Like we grew up in a, we're in a 
society of instant gratification. I'm one of the world's worst about it. Like definitely being more present, um, being more, I guess, open with my wife and my kids. Like, as in like, Hey man, it's okay to have emotions. I can like show something. And that's where I'm hoping like going to therapy is going to help me a lot. And like make me where, I mean, I'm, I'm a very happy person, but like, it's going to make me feel better. I guess yeah. is the best way to put it. Right. Um, and just making, making life like a, a bigger priority. Cause I'm going to retire from this job. Like I'm eligible in eight years. Am I going to do it? No. <laughs> Cause I'll be 38 and I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be 38 and like, nobody's going to hire me cause I'm 38. Right. But, like I want to like make life enjoyable so I can have another 20, 25 years in my job. Yeah. And make this like worth it. Like that's what I want. And that's one of the goals, like how I'm trying to better myself at home is to sure. build a good rapport. So when my girls move off and they're married, me and my wife still have something that we built and it's mm. us, not just our common bond was the kid and vice versa. When yeah. my girls get married, um, not until they're like 40, but <laughs> when they get married, like, Hey, I want them to see that like, man, mom and dad really loved each other. Yeah. Like sometimes mom wanted to take that out back and just, you know, beat him, yeah. but, and dad couldn't hear very well. He always was going, huh? Huh? Even when he was 31, but <laughs> uh, like, that's what I want. Like, that's the stuff I want to build at home. And if I can translate that, like maybe that'll help me be better at work. So that's, yes. and yeah. I know we've kind of squirreled around on this, but that's just my thought. Yeah. Yeah, for that's sure. Good, man. Well, thank you guys for making it this long. If you've made it this long, I know it's a long one. Uh, Kramer, thank you. So much uh, for coming on. I think we got a lot, a lot yeah. of good stuff talked about. Um, Dude, thank y'all for making it to episode three, right? right? Like, yeah. um, I don't know where you posted this, but I got a lot of feedback from you guys. And uh, sincerely, it made my heart swell up. Like, yeah. I was, like, so happy because, one, we're reaching people. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. two, we're getting a message out there that it's okay to have mental shit and you can talk to the boys. Yeah. Uh, so, dude, thank you guys for reaching out, giving us feedback. Um, I'm not going to cry up here today, but I will cry about this, and I appreciate you guys so much. Yeah. As always, uh, if you have questions for us, stuff you want to see, comments, anything like that, reach out to us. Let us know. They want it live. Yeah, well, yeah, we're working we'll on it. We'll be live <laughs> soon. One of these uh, days soon. Yeah. So, Yeah. Reach out, Twitter, uh, Instagram, Facebook, all all the things. Yep. Uh, we're there. Uh, some of them hit Chris's phone. Some of them hit my phone. You don't know who you're going to get, so yeah. be careful. Um, but if you're trying to hit a certain phone, not cutting these boys off, my phone number is 817-565-3766. If you're having a problem, you need to talk, you want to call me and tell me I'm an idiot, man, do it. Like, But shoot me a text first so I know. <laughs> But yeah, like I'm, I'm here for you. If you know, your department doesn't have that SISM, you know, a SISM team or a peer support team. I'm not, I'm, I'm sure I can find you somebody to get you in contact with because, you know, we always go to the store and people say, thank you for your service. Like one of the best things I ever heard is like telling people, Hey, you're worth it. Well, I mean, you're worth it. So like get your stuff in line and like do that. Like be, be here, be here for your guys, be here for your family and yep. reach out. Yep. Awesome. Cool. Well, Absolutely. thanks for sticking out this long, and uh, yeah. we'll see you on the next one. Yep. Au revoir, boys. Episode four, Michael Powell. Powell. I almost said Michael Lewis, and uh, that's one of my old lieutenants. But Michael Powell will be here with us, and uh, 
he's going to give us a better look into uh, men's mental health in the faith and being a part of the congregation. So that's going to be real cool. Um, yeah. Kramer, thank you for coming out. Uh, Man, thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, your brother's going to be a doctor. And yeah. He's probably going to be the smartest one in your family, Shoot, but you man. are a close second, buddy. And we appreciate that about brother, you. I'm stronger than him. That's how it works in the world. Uh, but yeah. All right. Thanks, folks. See you on the next one. Yeah.